episode two? Episode three? It's episode three, bro. Jesus Christ, episode Tell three. Tell me. I think we're ready. I'm ready when you are. Episode three. Dad so Gannis. are we going? Episode yeah. three. Welcome to the episode three of the Dad Ganistan podcast. We made it again to uh, week number three, right, Dave? Well, it'd be week we number still, six. Are we still friends? Three? Are we still friends? We're always friends, buddy. Maybe in your mind. <laughs> so what day is today? In like an abusive relationship kind of friends. Oh, come on, man. Why are you tr- what are you trying to say, man? You know what I'm trying to say. Today's uh, the International Day of Slayer, right? Six, yes, six. Yes, And six. also? Tom Araya's birthday. Uh, happy birthday, Tom Araya, right? Usually yep. we're, uh, this is probably one of the rare years that uh, we're actually not on tour celebrating. Yep, Usually, normally. I mean, and it's also, and three days ago, who it was also Kerry King's birthday, right? Yep, Kerry fucking so King's birthday. Happy birthday to him, too. His birthday um, was last you, week. Normally we have some evil, evil cakes and a lot of yep. smoking and drinking on the road for birthdays well usually yeah i mean usually it's um it's uh we spend those their birthdays are always on tour right it's, it's june but when are we not on tour in june you know what i mean so um yeah and then i guess tonight at midnight right they're playing the movie or something did you see that something about that are they? i didn't see exactly the details but the the, the um what's the movie called slayer trilogy or trilogy or whatever <laughs> the killology yeah, I'm sorry, dude. I'm, I'm like uh, ignorant to this shit, so. I ha- <coughs> I have it downstairs and haven't actually watched it yet. <laughs> What's the, uh, where are they airing it? <laughs> Do you know? Uh, I think it's on, like, I don't know, Facebook or something maybe? Streaming or something? I don't <laughs> know. Because it was only on for one night in the theaters, right? And then it came out. Yeah, they did it one night. And it, it, it's, it's, it was on online for a little bit because somebody at work said they saw it. You know what I mean? So um, I'm not sure. I Actually, I got to probably get a copy of that, huh? You should. I think you're in it. I Am I there. in it? I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen the actual movie, but I mean, I you were definitely in it. I mean, you I were there I'm not in it, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? so. They may show you over to the side. I don't know how much did they show back scene back behind the scenes sort of stuff. No, I've never seen the movie, dude. You Someone know what's sent interesting? Me a picture of the credits. My name's in the credits. You know. Yeah, you were teching at the show. I was there at the show. High as balls. <laughs> I wasn't working yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It would be interesting. You. uh you didn't see some of the clips, but at the last couple of shows, they were filming a ton of shit backstage. I remember like guys from uh, um, whoever the the global merchandising. There was those dudes were back there getting interviewed. There was um, I think it was Ernie running around with a camera, and there was a camera. Oh, yeah, I'm sure, right? it's, so they, it's got to be. For well, just something. but people got to realize. Listen, listen. One thing that's different about Slayer is that they're not putting out records and touring anymore. It's still running as an organization, you know what I mean? They're still selling merch, still promoting stuff. They're still gonna put some stuff out, I'm sure, right? Maybe a DVD or something. I don't know. I'm not. I'm just. This is all speculation. I mean, they had, you know they mean? had some really I have cool no footage. Idea. I have no inside knowledge of this shit. I'm just saying that that you know Slayer is still running. It's if you just, look at they're, um, they're just not putting of, out music and touring, right? If so. you look at some of the fan footage from that last show, they had, and I don't. I'm guessing it was from that same day, but they had taped a bunch of the fans out in the. Um, parking lot and whatnot that said they'd come in from wherever to see the last show and talking about their experience with Slayer and they kind of ran that for I don't know fucking a minute or two at the beginning of the last two shows there you go yeah it's like where the fuck was that footage right like that's all got to roll into something and something's cool is coming I bet right I'm There's sure. No way that, I'm you sure. Know, you're right. It's a business. Those guys are going to keep run, running that business in some way. Or I mean, yeah, it's like you know they it didn't go away in that sense. You know what I mean? So 
No, it's funny um, how I kind of, they became even towards the end, you know, like it was once you couldn't have it anymore, everybody still wanted it, you know, for years, you were probably out there for years, dude, that you were still just playing kind of, I mean, they weren't big fucking arenas, right? Like even in the last we five arenas, years, we were doing arenas, but I mean, to, to like fill out sheds, to sell out sheds well, that that's kind of, you know, yeah, we weren't, we weren't doing that. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Cause I had normally seen Slayer at the Fillmore here in Denver, right? Like, I mean, it's a big it club. Depends, you know, it depends on what tour, dude. You yeah. know, we did, um, we did stuff like Manson, right? We did a, a co-ed line tour with Marilyn Manson. So, um, that was, you know, uh, that we did sheds. Those were, those shows were packed. Um, yeah. So I guess Atlanta it depends on who the supporting, who the supporting. Yeah, it depends on the bill and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm, you know, pretty uh, sure. It looks like, like uh, Looks like on Slayer.net, you can watch each episode for $6.66 on demand. Oh, look at Start, that. Starting last night at midnight for the... Oh, okay. So there you Slayer. go. Okay. There you go. Yeah, pretty cool. All right. What's your... Uh, you got a funny Kerry King uh, birthday story there, buddy? You drunk out of your mind or what? <laughs> I do. Dude, but it was... Goofy it was shit. What, what goofy shit did you do? Did you I do? mean, I got, I got a bunch of stupid Kerry King stories. Like, we, we, we can save some for future episodes. My favorite... I don't know. One of my favorite ones was my first night and I wasn't, well, I mean, I was, I was drunk with him most of the time, but it wasn't, you know, quite at the level that it was my first night. And I was dead sober, right? Like I was scared shitless that whole first day. <clears throat> your first night working, right? Yeah. Yeah. This my first night working. Was, where tech. was this Detroit? I think. Yeah. Detroit in a shed and there was mm -hmm. mosquitoes. It was hot as balls yeah, yeah. right in the middle of the summer. Yeah, 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 and, uh, and you know, in your defense, you had told me not to do this job. <laughs> And it's not like anybody was able to give me training, right? Like the previous dude gets fired the night before. And I'm pretty sure even that day, like he's out in the parking lot with his head in his hands and shit. And like that night we're working on the stage and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Oh, no, he got sent home on the day off though. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So before, yeah, yeah. It was the day before. Him home, right. So, um, and so nobody really gives me the nuts and bolts kind of training of, you know, Hey, the, picks go in this little rubber thing and get stuck on the drum riser and you know <laughs> hey when carrie comes out you know do this right there were certain things that i had seen the other guy do but there's, <coughs> there's like a there's a dozen other things that are like small little nuances that you know carrie really relies on to be able to it's just his routine right and so well, yeah, my, yeah exactly my whole job is to keep him in his fucking routine anyway I fuck up a dozen things at that thing. And it, and it all starts with like, literally right as he walks out, you can see that curtain actually in that picture there. <clears throat> he normally stands behind the curtain until all the lights doused. And, sure. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. The music's playing and shit. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't want people see, seeing him milling around over on the side. And so I would go back and swap off the guitars. And, and after the fact, <laughs> like I knew what I was supposed to do, but basically the first night, like I go back and I swap off the guitars Kerry straps that shit on and then puts his hand out <laughs> and I, and I look at it. What'd you do? I, I was like, smack. <laughs> and and he, <coughs> he actually fist bumped me and shit. And then was like, dude, pick. Give me a pick. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, <gasps> just like freaked out. And went running this over back is, to uh, my station. This is, you slapped his uh, picking hand. Yeah. Two, yeah, yeah. Thirty seconds before he has to go on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Good job. yeah, 
don't fucking make touch sure him. you double fucking hit him, like <laughs> punch him as hard as fist pound him as hard as you could too, right? Yeah, man, because you're stoked, show. right? Like I'm stoked, I'm pumped up. Yeah. Thirty <laughs> seconds before the show, good job. Buddy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You still fifth bumped me, and so I went jugging back over, grabbed him a pick, <laughs> rolled in. Well, you should have had in your pocket. I mean, yeah, I should have just had it in my fucking hand, right? Like every other night after that, like I knew the process. Yeah, and then you don't touch him, right? He, like he's focused. He's got a job to do for the next hour. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he was super cool about it. <laughs> hey, dummy. <laughs> oh, well, I got a, I got a good story. He was super cool about it. I got a good story, birthday story. So uh, this is a couple of years ago. Man, actually, this is, uh, probably like five, six years ago. And uh, probably longer, man. Fuck, I, my, my sense of time is off, right? So, but uh, it was it was Carrie's birthday, right? And then Tom's birthday, you know, three days later. And we were in the middle of a foreign row, right? And the fourth show ended in uh, Romania, right? So, we, you know, we played Romania. And then at the end of the day, whatever, at the end of the night, we pack up and we kind of just go in the dressing room, you know, go birthday, whatever, right? You know, because we couldn't celebrate Carrie's birthday. It was, you know, middle of four in a row, no one had, you know, gotcha. time to go hang out and get drunk or whatever, right? So walk in the dress room and that night, oh, what, what happens to be in the dress room, Dave? A fucking Jaeger machine. A Jaeger machine, not just like a bottle, a Jaeger yeah, machine. Yeah, right? All right. This is in so Romania? We, it's Romania, dude. So Jaeger Jack had something to do with that shit. Uh, I don't know. I think it was just there, right? I remember seeing it during the day and be like, oh, man, that's not a good thing, man. <laughs> like, if, there's a, if there's a Jaeger machine, Jaeger Jack behind it, man. Like, there's no way uh, to just So, so um, this fucking machine is there. We go back there, and it's, uh, it's you know, everyone's hanging out. It's um, Gary Holt has these two, like, these, uh, it's like an older couple, I guess, just random guests, his friends or whatever, right? It was, you know, like an older guy and his wife or whatever. And then uh, uh, um, the actress, what's her name? Evan Rachel Wood, right? She was back there with her fiance, Okay. right? Okay, so we start, I go in there and boom. All right, so I start, you know, trays of shots, bro. Just trays, like trays, you understand? Like, and we start blazing, you know, we're lit. Yo, dude, it's, it's crazy, right? So we end up drinking like seven bottles a year. We emptied the whole machine. Like, Tom, I think at one Tom point, was drinking too? Yeah, Tom was drinking in the beginning, yeah. I think he just like took one shot maybe or something. It was his, birth it was his actual birthday, right? Sure. So, you know what it's I mean? It's just he a rare. It's a rarity. Him. It's a rarity to have him in there drinking, though, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I don't even know if he drank, but he definitely came to hang out, right? You know, because we were in there celebrating. So um, we just drinking and smoking and like, even like the Gary Holt's guests, they're they're you know the dude is he's doing like every fourth shot. Like, dude, we're pounding shots like. Every five, ten minutes, we're, you know, pound. Well, we drink seven bottles. Like, we end up drinking a bottle of tequila because we're screaming, like, you know, where's the Jaeger? You know what I mean? I mean? We drink all the alcohol in the room. You know what I mean? So, uh, Norm puked into a tree, I'm pretty sure, right? Then <laughs> we get on the bus, and then that's where the strange lame uh, nickname came, came in, right? Because Johnny, you know, ooh. <laughs> just cute spewing everywhere right you know what i mean, mean? it's so, the point that you have the slayer crew vomiting like people have been drinking a lot dude oh dude like a it lot. was a i mean bro we drank seven bottles of fucking Jaeger, bro. and you're talking like in a time span of like two hours you know what i mean from when the show ended we loaded out to when whenever the venue you know even like as we're walking out of the venue the people working at the venue just staring at us like yo what's wrong with these guys even that couple i was telling you about 
dude, the, the wife even at one point just looked at us like, you can do it. She was like, yo, these guys are animals. Like, but like, you know, hey, dude, that was the one time on the tour that we did that. You know what I mean? Dude's looking at yeah, that, yeah. like, oh, this goes on every night. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 dude. Yeah, Six week tour, that one night happened. You know what I mean? Or maybe two nights like that happened. So, yeah, you know? so, I mean, it's, I'm it's not special. a big, you know? Were yeah, you there just, in, uh, were you there for 6606? You were, right? Yeah, I was. Was it super special? Like, I mean, I have the shirt from the, that, you know, the 666. What do we do? I don't even remember. I don't know either. Like, I mean, I, <laughs> the band dropped a shirt, right? Like, I got one of those limited edition shirts, but I was just a fanboy at the time. I don't think we were on tour. That'd be weird, right? Oh, six? Yeah. Man, I don't remember. I think we're, I think dudes were still in the studio. Right? Christ's Illusion came out in 07, didn't it? No. <clears throat> no, Christ's Illusion came out. You were, on, you were on tour for Christ's Illusion in 06, because I have, that was the first okay. show when I went All right, back well, to then uh, I, I, I honestly don't remember what we did for, for I, don't, I don't remember, sorry. Huh. Yeah, the, uh, the mutual friend that Carrie and I have that is here in Colorado that does the snake stuff. Um, that's the first show that he had got me into, and we were backstage drinking with Carrie. It was right after. Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah, okay. That's it was right I mean, after he had gotten with Aisha. Aisha was out on tour. <clears throat> yeah, that was right when I started with them. So I started yep. 04, I think, right? I think so. Yeah, 04, 04 was my first official <clears throat> tour with Slayer. Um, it was. Hmm. Uh, we'll have to ask the guys. Dynamo right? Festival and Download Festival. Yeah. And we'll save that story for another day. That's that's a whole other story, bro. That's where dime that we got that little dime bag thing signed by dime bag. That and you know, I never realized food. until hanging out with all you guys how close uh, you guys were with the Pantera dudes, and that Dime and Carrie hung out all the time and shit. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, uh, Slayer Pantera did a tour together, right? It was before my time as the crew. It was a different crew back then. That was that was a TJ Lumpy era, I think. That was what? for Slayer. It was a three years that they, they uh, that was a certain backline guys. They, they lasted three years. And then, um, uh, but yeah, but we did a bunch of stuff after that, right? We, we did stuff with Damage Plan. You know what I mean? We did a bunch of stuff with Hell Yeah. And we would do stuff with Super Joint, um, whatever other f bands Phil had, right? So we would just meet those dudes. I, at least I, that's, you know, that's how I met them, right? So. Hmm. Yeah, it's cool. It's a good bunch of dudes. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, dude, there's that, that one picture that OzFest had ended in, in Houston. There's that picture of Zach Wilde, Dimebag, and Kerry. That's, yeah, yeah like, I've seen that's that. Three shredders, like, that's pretty, you know what I mean? So. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. I've seen a lot more pictures of Kerry and Dime hanging out, getting shitty together than, you know, I realized. Well, I mean, dude, look at them. They're perfect for each other, right? Dude, both, dude, two metal dudes, right? Two guys both drink. You know what I mean? They both shred, right? So it's like, bro. There's a story, too, um, that Carrie <laughs> influenced Dime and those guys to go much heavier and stuff. And Dime and him, was the, after the first time they had hung out. And I don't Oh, know, maybe. You know, yeah, maybe. I, I've never asked King about it. I mean, anything. maybe not, like, that-wise, but I'm sure musically, you know what I mean? Like, you can, you know, I'm sure he would do this. There you go. There oh, you go. That. That's the picture. Yeah, that, that was the last day of the OzFest tour. Our producer's on point. On point. Yeah, he is. He's great. But yeah, that's a. He used to have a picture of, of not that one, but a picture of three of them on uh, his his old rack on his amps on one of his amps. Right. Carrie's beard's a shitload shorter. Well, yeah, dude. That's like fucking fifteen years ago, dude. Sixteen years ago. Whatever. 
Just saying. Man. You know, uh, what are you smoking on? You smoking Jack? I'm smoking some Gentleman Jack, bro. I'm gentleman Jack. Jack why are we smoking? Right? Jack? Why are we smoking Jack today? Uh, our guest is Jack, the amazing and wonderful Jack Gibson from Exodus, right? Yep. Yep. We'll have him um, on in a few minutes. Yeah, we'll, <sighs> we'll get him on. But um, so what else did you did you did you play Slayer today? Did you wake up and scream Slayer? Uh, yeah, I woke up and like in bed too, just to wake my wife up and annoy the piss. Punch your me. wife in the face, scream Slayer. No, no, I just started bouncing up and down, <laughs> bouncing up and down in the bed, like moshing around. <laughs> your poor wife, dude. What an angel she is. Yeah, put up with your likes of you. She was probably two or three hours of sleep in. <laughs> like I, I think the dog got her up to shit in the middle of the night. Right. <laughs> I got up and screamed Slayer. That's how it goes, man. You know, it's the international day. I'm a what was your Slayer shirt? Oh, it's true. I should have worn a Slayer shirt today. Such an amateur. Where's your Slayer shirt? Man, I don't need to wear a Slayer shirt. I worked for the fucking band for 16 years, bro. Hey, man. <laughs> I, wor I worked for the band for a solid two-ish. <laughs> there's, my, there's my Slayer shirt. You see that thing back there? Is that guitar back there? It's all the street cred I need. I do. It's pimp. Who gave you that? Jeff gave me that. That's, a lot of, that's some street cred. Yeah. Well, there you go, bro. <laughs> <laughs> look at you. Yo, look at you. Who gave you that? Who gave you that? Carrot okay, King. No, he didn't. Dean gave it to you, fuck No, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't. Carrie gave me that guitar. Ask Carrie <laughs> who gave you that guitar. He said, Dean. I asked him, oh, Dean gave him that guitar. What? Carrie says Dean did, but that ruins it for me. Like, I mean, not Ev, Evan and those guys are super cool. Like, so I don't, I, I deeply appreciate uh, those dudes hooking me up, but Carrie gave me, you think? Carrie gave me that guitar. Oh, yeah. Dean gave you that guitar. Carrie's signature's on the bottom just so that Evan and those guys can never take it back. <laughs> Dude, they can take it back. Actually, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I should have had him sign it today. But isn't that a, is it a prototype? Yeah, yeah, it was one of the first. <laughs> one of the first two they made. It's really based on a Razorback, though. Like it's a, it's um, it's that's his one, new signature model, right? Yeah, but it's one of uh, Dime's body shapes. They, this was before they had cut the CAD design of those little oh, okay, and all that okay. shit. So it's really based on a Razorback. They just moved the. They basically cut it like a king, um, based on a Razorback body. Legit. Yeah, he likes those. He likes those V's. Dude, he likes the V with the V cut all the way down to the 24th fret, too. If you notice, the body on his shit starts at, like, the 22nd, and it's just, I mean. Well, because like, he's got a, you know. Yeah, but, like, most really... Vs, if you really look at most Vs after playing his, I realize that. Well, that's what, you ever watch Gary Hall when he played his Vs? That's why you have to stand him up, right? You just put him on his knee That's to reach. Yeah, because well, there's still a lot of body in between the upper frets, and yeah, yeah it's a weird setup. And Carrie seems to be one of the only guys that runs them all the way down the the frets. Yeah, because he's got to get all the way down, right? He's got to be able to reach those. I mean, you know? a lot of he's people got, get he all the way down, down there, right? Yeah, he does. He all down the time. there, so and yeah. it was it was so weird to look down at the guitar the first time when I strapped it on because it was just all fretboard, right? Like I'd never played a V anyway. Oh, let's and, tell that story. Let's tell okay. that story, huh? What of oh, me going up and train? I'm classically trained. <laughs> I'm good on this and that. I can play flamenco guitar. Yeah, yeah. All right, give me a riff. 
I was. I Just was, give me a chord, bro. One chord. <laughs> I could <laughs> shut up. I could play an E. I played better than the guy before me, but yeah, I didn't play well at all, man. I froze. I froze like a fucking deer in headlights, man. bro. Just <laughs> <laughs> you know, talking all that shit. What I mean, you throw guitar. Go ahead, bro. Have at it. I had even tried. So get this, right? Because it had been a long time since I had played. Really, before I kind of came out and started screwing around with you guys. And in 2017, before I'd come out to those first shows, I started practicing up a little bit just on the off chance that somebody strapped a guitar on me. I didn't know what the scene would be like and shit, right? And I really hadn't played for dick. And then when I went home, I was like, oh shit, like I may actually be able to bang on a guitar next time. So I was trying to play a bunch, right? Now I hadn't played in fucking years as far as really sitting down and shredding. And so I had barely played at all but had thought I could pull it off when I strapped something on. And then all of, of a sudden, you know, the heat was on, dude. <laughs> like, you strap that shit on. I'm on Carrie's rig. I had never heard an amp through PAs like that. An amp? An amp? You tried three amps. I mean, I, <laughs> but I've just never, I, like, I, beyond the stage sound, right? I had never heard PAs. Like, when AK turns, yeah. it, it's one thing to when the shit's on, right? I've had loud amps. I'm obsessed with yeah, sure, sure, yeah. shit. But when he I'll, turns the PA and the oh, monitors Jesus on and Jesus fucking yeah. Christ. And it's echoing all the way through that place. Like, that's the craziest. It, I highly recommend every living room guitar player at some point in their life get the opportunity to stand there on stage and play through a system like that. It was the most amazing thing I've ever heard in my life. But well, you have the, to have a, a certain rig too, right? You can't just, you know, it just depends, yeah. bro. It depends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like playing someone else's rig through a PA, and it, it, you know what I mean? It's different, you know what I mean? So, dude, Slayer well, runs three fucking heads. Yeah. Six each, that's loud as fuck, bro. Each, each slightly <laughs> dialed a little bit different and shit, right? And then AK's tweaking everything up front. But it's the most amazing sound I've ever heard in my life. Once I got over like pissing my pants completely and like i look down at the guitar it's hanging down past my balls basically right like because carrie just wears the thing incredible oh do you ever see me with that shit on? he used to come up on stage look me up with his guitar just start laughing the, the v would be hitting the fucking hit my ankle like almost touching the floor you know what I, mean? I mean even when i would wear a separate i like i ended up bringing my own strap out that thing still yeah, hung that's the only way to do it yeah. Low as shit, and if That's you what watch Andrew's what he used to do too, he used to have another strap, and you know. Well, and he he hits it on his inside leg, right? It basically sits there when he's ripping a solo. He has sort of a stance, and it sits on the inside of his leg, and it it's placed well, right? Like it actually fits. It's just it was it was a very humbling moment, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> and honestly, I'm classically I think... trained. I know this. I know that. I could do this. I could do that. Oh yeah, give me a play me a fucking PowerPoint on this rig right now. Oh. 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 I think I told you I was like, she'll shred on that thing. You just gotta look now. It's solo, like you know, play. You say you can play. It, man. Like, I remember the first time when you told me to solo, like I didn't even know where to start putting the solo. I remember asking, uh, <laughs> I remember asking Francis, like, how did I do? And he was like, you know, I'm just playing like a four-four fucking run, right? Like, just keep it in time for God's sake. And I, <laughs> you know, what he used to he used to take out his ear on your side because <laughs> his ears were stereo. So he start jamming. He goes, oh, hold on. <laughs> 
Because you were at least in time. You were in time. time. Bro, I'm like the worst fucking guitar player in the world. But you were always in time. That was the thing. I I learned by the second by the second run, we were all we were actually jamming. Like everybody was jamming. I was it wasn't good, but like yeah, we were jamming. You and I were horrible. Johnny's a good player. The only thing that was good Francis was Francis. (laughs) Yeah, Francis could shred, right? Johnny could play bass. Like and so they oh, yeah, were John, yeah, yeah, yeah. Donnie's carrying the bass and then you and I sure, are just sure, fucking sure. turning Rhythm up all over. <laughs> Two guitars bro. Shot, shot. <laughs> but at least we were doing something. It was fun and it was more in time. And when it was time for me to solo, I was doing something. Enough for AK to, to test something, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. And then like I the other my other favorite story from all that shit. I don't know if we told it last time with the uh um <laughs> with the uh Iceland shit and the karate, like when we were talking about uh uh, when we transitioned Karate Kid into uh, Crossroads. But my Crossroads moment was epic because basically once I get my shit together and I can at least sort of play and I'm not pissing my pants out there and it's time to test clean because like Gary doesn't play clean. So Carrie carries, carries all the clean parts. And so AK is like, you know, go to clean. And like, and, and I brain fart again, right? I'm like, well, what do I play clean, right? Like, I don't know what to play. <laughs> what like, you I, play? You play Crossroads, didn't you? No, I, yeah, I sat down and played some classical shit. I played Asterius, like, which is a, you know, a, a Spanish classical piece. <laughs> and like, and I go jerk. clean and I play it and like, but I played it well, right? I, on an electric, which play, isn't, isn't well. well, isn't, it isn't easy, right? And it actually like a couple of dudes turn around and they're like, holy shit, man, like this dude could really play. And Warren, <laughs> Warren looks over at me and is like, the fuck are you doing? Are you playing with your fingers? Does Kerry play with his fingers? What the fuck are you doing? And I was just like, uh. <laughs> you're but like, the point you playing that guitar clean right now, so the guy out there can check it through the. Now, if you're sitting yeah. there playing with your fingers, there's no point of him doing that right now, right? There's it's no like, it's like you're just sitting here showing off, you fucking Kerry dick. going to walk up here and start playing with his fingers, right? So don't play with your fucking fingers when we're doing that. Afterwards, hey, do that shit all you want, bro. There was no right afterwards. Now. That was always the joke with you assholes. You'd be like, dude, just do that after. And then as soon as it wasn't my time to play, Royce would be like, turn that shit off. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like, wait, motherfucker. Fuck you. <laughs> I want to play for a second. It's like, this isn't about you playing. This is about you fucking Real setting quick. up Carrie's guitar. Real quick. Yo, so let's, let's, uh, bunch of you dicks. Your <laughs> Such What's a up? bunch you watch, of dicks, you, you guys watch, are. Uh, hey, bro, come on. Why you got to bring up old shit? I mean, it's just, it, <laughs> it's still the wounds are fresh, man. The wounds yeah, are fresh. <laughs> Lucky I'll reach through the camera and pick the scabs off right now. <laughs> you do pick the scabs off every time we talk. Every time I think about your brother, the wound opens a little more and I bleed yeah. a little. <laughs> we should have him as a guest. What do you think? Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna watch this, bro. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, yo, but let's real, let's get back into this uh, karate oh, kid debate, man. bro. Dude, right? You watched Cobra Kai. I have watched the entire first season of Cobra Kai. There is a, okay. there's a whole but other there's a second you season. I've not watched the original Karate Kid again. I've so they flash back to the original Karate Kid all through Cobra Kai, um, and I've watched the beach scene the other day. And here's the here's what I would like to step back in on the beach scene real quick. All right. Right. When she boots the thing away, right, the ball, and basically is telling Daniel, you know, dude, get the fuck away from me. Quit fucking, you know, eye fucking me from across the sand here. Um, you're, no, you're, that's not what she was doing. Your logic is that's that not, she has seen she Johnny up on, further. That's not what she was doing. That's not but, what she was doing. Okay, let's not, let's not, 
let's not put what emotions she had on it. When she boots the ball away, your logic is that she has seen Johnny on the ridge and knows that he's here to start trouble. And that's her logic in booting him away, booting the ball away. Whereas my logic is that, hey, quit eye fucking me, get away from me, Daniel, you weirdo. They were and, already hanging out. Nah, I don't think so. They were at the same watch beach the party. They were at the same watch beach party. The, you're mistaken because like, you have not watched the movie. They were hugging up on each other. No, no, they weren't hugging yes. up on each other yet. No, dude. Watch no, the movie, no, dude. the ball, he had that soccer ball or whatever had gone over there and he got, he was just eye fucking her at that point. And then he nope. was over there talking to you're her. Wrong. She boots the ball away. But I, she at no point has Elizabeth Shue acknowledge that Johnny's on the hill. They had not established in any way, shape, or form that she sees Johnny on the hill and is like, listen, oh can, shit. Listen, Nobody says, oh, further. there's the Cobra Kai guys. Nobody says anything about Johnny being there. Listen. And she boots the ball away. My logic Dude. being, because she doesn't really want Daniel around, no surprise, he's been a fucking we, creepy weirdo the whole time. We can't get past the fact that when she, you, we got to get to the, when she kicks the ball away, because you're saying she kicks it to, to tell him to bounce. I'm telling you, no. If you watch the movie, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. I'll watch the, the movie. What you're arguing I'll watch will the be movie answered when you watch the movie. I don't know. When, so, in the movie, it makes it obvious. She like kind of looks up and goes, oh. No, just, no, oh. no. Oh, looks yeah, up? You're oh, saying yeah. she looks up and sees Johnny and the Cobra Kai guys? At one point, you could, you do. At one point, they, they show the, the, no. the scene on the beach. And at the back, no. you can see the ridge. <laughs> and you can see the bike's lights, right? And that's why she goes, oh. She doesn't look up there. Her back's to that whole thing. When they're looking from up there, her back is to them. Watch, watch the movie. Watch the movie. Watch the movie. We can't continue this discussion until we watch the movie. Until you watch the movie, because you're arguing something that's not a fact. That's not uh, like, all right, that's not even, you can't argue that. Like, you know what I mean? That's, that's not an opinion, you know? Ah, uh, dude, I, I'm pretty confident that I'm accurate on that she does not acknowledge them on the ridge. All right, well, okay, well, what we get then watch the movie, bro. Cool. <laughs> so, have you seen Cobra Kai at all? Have you even started? No, watching? I gotta watch it. I'll watch dude. it. So, it is I, the production value alone is much better than the original movie. Well, so, of I, course, it's technology, bro. Like, is it just technology? Like, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's like it has all the original actors. Um, I was wrong. I think except for except for Mr. Miyagi. Well, yeah, yeah, Mr. Miyagi passed away. Um, <clears throat> but I was wrong. I was thinking Johnny was the uh, handyman at the same apartment building that Daniel grew up at, or whatever. It's not the same one. It's in Reseda. It's similar. He's basically portraying the same role as Miyagi did, kind of as in whatever that place that Larusso had moved into in Reseda. It's, it is a different building because at some point they go back by Daniel's place, the original one. Okay. Um, and it's not the place that Johnny's working. Um, but it is fucking awesome. <laughs> like this show kicks ass. And the fact that <coughs> here's another question I have too is that it seems like. But it's, so hold on. Does that show portray Johnny as a good guy? So it does. Uh, no. Like it dives more into two flawed heroes than it does that one is better than the other they're both kind of just assholes like in their own sort of way <laughs> right like and 
but what I wonder is, because it was a couple of years ago, I think that I first read, you know, the premise that somebody posed that, have you ever thought about, you know, Karate Kid and the fact that, you know, Daniel LaRusso was actually the instigator through this whole fucking thing. And, you know, actually, you know, Johnny kind of took it in the shorts. Like he was getting, he got his ass kicked by his instructor, got his, you know, his ass handed to him by Daniel, like Miyagi almost fucking killed everybody that day when he attacked him after the, like he gets his weeds. Oh, uh, you're all being so shit. dramatic right now. <laughs> you're being so dramatic. Dude. So when it, but interestingly, the Cobra Kai series started a couple of years ago, I guess. Right. Like, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's been, it's been a minute. Yeah. So I wonder if I didn't read. So I wonder if the premise I read. Oh, yeah. I'll, guarantee you that's what but that did was. that predate so cobra saying. kai and like cobra kai evolved off of that premise or was cobra kai in development and they kind of started feeding that premise out there to the public to start challenging people's you know initial well, I, th thoughts. I think they they, they did that to, to gain you know garner attention right for the show you know what i mean yeah because it i mean that was effective that's like an online just an online big online debate that's like you know it's that hard a christmas movie Oh, it's not, yes. it's oh, not yes. I mean, it's a movie placed at Christmas, but there is no, there's no Christmas theme at all in that movie. What's the first song in the movie? Yeah, it's placed at Christmas. It's one DMC in the Christmas song, right? So. Is, I mean, is Trading Places a Christmas movie? What? Is Trading Places a Christmas movie? Um, it's placed at Christmas all the way through that motherfucker. Yeah, but no, because there's a time span in that. Because they go through New Year's. Die Hard is literally like oh, they only hit a New Year's days before Christmas, right? I mean, only they, they literally go through New Year's Day. It is yeah, straight so up. But no, it's, it's the beginning. Remember, it's the week right? before it's, Christmas and then no, to New starts, Year's. Yeah, but it's it, that movie is a time and that time span of that movie is like a year or two or a Trading year, places? a couple months. Yeah, a couple months at least. A couple of months at least, bro. Is it? Yeah, because remember he—that's when he first um, they trade, they trade the plate. That doesn't that doesn't happen in a week. Remember, then it, it takes a couple of weeks, not a couple of days or whatever. It's that's, a little bit, I think, man. That's actually valid. So was it a full? Did trading places take over the, take place over the time span of a full year? Then no, no, not a full year. I don't think it was a full year. It, it almost would have had year. to have been, right? Well, no, because it was based out of Philly, right? That's an Aaron Russo film, by the way. You know who Aaron Russo is, right? I don't. Oh, we can get into that in another episode. Oh, we, that's a, he's a he's a monumental figure in the uh, conspiracy world. So I don't want to say conspiracy, but whatever. Um, but yeah, he so that that movie was um, it started out in the winter, right? Which was let's say Definitely probably September October, se September October maybe, right? Because it was in Philly, and then and then it, it bled into Christmas New Year's, right? So it, okay. at no point was it summer then in that movie. It was always it was always uh, shitty weather, right? Christmas raining, cold. They're always bundled up in jackets, I remember. That's valid. It doesn't really go. So they destroyed his life over a period of like two months. Three yeah, months it's probably like two or three months, right? Whereas right, Die right. Hard is literally two days and Christmas. Well, and it's Christmas. just the place. Yeah, but it, like that movie ends at Christmas. There's Christmas trees in it and shit, dude. I'm I'm talking trading places. It, oh, it, no, I'm saying if Die New Year's Day. My logic is if Die Hard is a Christmas movie, trading places is very much a Christmas movie as well. Nah, I, I explained to you my logic. That's because that Trading Places was over a time span, over like a couple of months, and it led into Christmas. Holiday season. Right? Whereas, Holiday season uh, through Christmas and New Year. is literally a movie based on Christmas. Like, you know what I mean? It's based it around nothing the exact at all Christmas to do. Day. Like, he flies yeah. in, lands Christmas, you know? 
it's placed at Christmas time. Even remember, he even had a, a Christmas it, joke. Ho, ho, ho. Now I have machine gun too, right? How did that make it a Christmas movie? <laughs> Remember he killed the terrors? He put the Santa Claus hat on A Santa yeah. reference yeah. makes it a Christmas movie? Sure, why not? That's fucked up. And no. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, man. I ain't saying you got to agree with him. I'm just telling you my logic. Dan right? Aykroyd dresses in a Santa costume in that movie. Yeah, he gets bombed, right? Eats yeah. a piece of salmon out of his beard. Yeah, dro <laughs> drops all the dr the drugs in his and Eddie Murphy, like when he finds the joint, sticks in his pocket. <laughs> this is a quick and dirty one because I'm telling you, if Die Hard's a Christmas movie, so is Trading Places, and I don't think Trading Places really is. Therefore, well, Die Hard is not. Episode is argue. Okay, we'll have that argument, <laughs> but we should get back into the Friday think, case. So I I'm think, telling you, like this, I think th they almost like made this whole theory up with Johnny just to sell like because what do you get you know what what's the continuation of now at this point right oh, if dude. you're going to continue 20 20 years later what what's the story to tell you know there's no story right the story is now that Johnny it was the good guy and he got jerked and fucked and whatever right that's so, definitely what him. happened I mean it's not like it's not what to, happened. you don't have to create the story it's definitely <laughs> what happened and they all and so the why part, did they make two more movies here's with the, this guy well, just because, like, it's Ralph Macchio, right? Everybody thinks Ralph Macchio is cool. And, like, I mean, he, because, I mean, no, 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 won, no, no. Because in Crossroads. You think Ralph Macchio is cool. Actually, I don't. You based your life around Macchio. Ralph Macchio, not everyone. Ralph Macchio only in Crossroads. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm well, pretty Ralph, sure. Ralph Macchio was hard in the outsiders, right? He was Johnny. So they, he did, yeah, you know, I, I, yeah, I was right? never he really my guy, movie. He was the martyr. That was never really my movie. You never saw The Outsiders? I did. I, I saw it. Did I you read the book? I, I don't think so. You didn't read the book? I don't think I did. Pretty oh, sure. Come on, man. You've missed a college education. You never read The Outsiders? That was like Look, one of the books they made you read in, in, in grade school. Or whatever, I was right? going to say in like high school or some bullshit. No, no. Yeah. Most, most of the uh, stuff I read were Catcher like in the Rye and Outsiders. Things. Two greatest published books ever made. I read things to like make me money. <laughs> You read computer manuals, probably was said, right? <laughs> I did, because <laughs> I always figured so, I mean, if I was going to okay, spend my so time reading something, like it better make me more money. Bro, <laughs> this karate kid thing, you know, you like it really bothers me, man. So like, here's the you, thing, and it, like the well, what, what do you think? On, what do you think? I mean, does does Jack have an opinion on this? Let's ask him. Yeah. All right, Jack is. Shut up. We still haven't shut up about the karate kid, okay. and right. since we spoke last, I have actually finished season one of Cobra Kai. Okay. I am trying you, to not You have not seen, right, Jack? I have not seen Cobra Kai. Well, I mean, I think like you know, like like Mel Gibson says at the at the beginning of Braveheart, you know, like it history's told by the, the person who wins. You know what I mean? So um like the story was being told by Daniel or maybe even Mr. Miyagi, which like who is he in this now? Is he the is he like the evil tongue leader, really? In this? I mean, or he assaulted a group of children using, yeah. you know. <laughs> he assaulted a group. Bro, come on, dude. That's I'm pretty right. sure he sent, sent one of those kids to the hospital. Like, I don't yeah. know that Miyagi was quite as peaceful and, you know, calm as he made it out to be. That's what I mean. Like, is he like a, is he like a secret? He's like a secret ninja. I think something. he may be. You know, wasn't there even... And we haven't even gotten into this part. You just made me think about it. Wasn't there a scene where he's looking through like World War II memorabilia as if he served in World War II? He did serve in World War II. Oh, does, man, see? Does, 
does the timeline work for that even? Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. It would. He was in the military, the Japanese military, when World War II happened, but he was on America's side. Was he? Or was yeah. he some kind of, you know, implant from the Japanese oh, come on, military? Bro. He got, he, he won a medal, bro. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. Did he? Yeah, he got I'm, drunk. Remember in the, in the middle of the movie, Daniel came over? I mean, he right? had a medal. Bombed. That may have been part of his... Well, you need to watch part two and three because they talk all about it, dude. They get all mm. into that in part two. Mm. Mm. I'm going to have to research the world. Yeah, but, but, yeah, but if, if it's being told by, you know, by their side, then that's just propaganda. Like number two and number three, they're just as much, you know, that, that's as, as number one. It's so. just so I, I see. I furthering so, the propaganda. So, it's true. That so, now it's so, all their message and they can just say whatever they did. Johnny wasn't even in part two and three. So it's two to against Warren. one right now, huh? Against one. Well, I don't know. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just theorizing here. You know, like, uh, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not sure who the bad guy is. I mean, you know. and how I just don't buy. I mean, I do know, I do agree that he, you know, he won with an illegal kick. Like that can't be, you know. What? An illegal kick? Did you watch the fight? Johnny kicks. He wins a bunch of fights with with a uh, kick to the face. He does kicks to the face, but are they given yeah, points? Yeah, he won. He won the fights that way. I'm pretty sure. I have to see. I, I really do have to go back and watch. You that gotta show. go watch the movie. Bro. Here's the That's interesting. I, I will reveal this from Cobra Kai. Then, as far you know as what the I kick. realized, you know what I just realized? Like, like Ralph Macchio did the same thing in Crossroads. Like at the end, he pulled out the fucking you know thing he wasn't supposed to do and wins. I just realized exactly. that. It's That's Karate same. Kid on guitar. It's basically ah. the same story. And Crossroads is really where you know, it is where my affection for Ralph Macchio comes from, yeah. and, you know, because I, I realized years later that I unknowingly had modeled my life far too close to that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking to, to fuck you, Dave, all right? So we're talking right. to Jack Gibson from Exodus, all right? You grew up in the Bay Area, Jack? I, uh, I grew up in Sacramento, like Sac, yeah. And uh, spent California. a lot of time yeah. out in the Bay. So yeah, were you like, were you part of like the very first wave of um, thrash guys? No, I was, I was just a little bit too young. Like okay. I wasn't like, you know, driving, driving out to San Francisco and being out there all night. I was, I was just not quite old enough to, to okay. do that. But I, I knew who they were. You know, I mean, we, you know, even the, the little, you know, rockers out in Sacramento, of course, we knew who Exodus, you know, was. But. So were you, you like um, when did you start playing? Yeah, when the did band? you start playing um, instruments? When, when did you start getting involved in music? I started playing bass uh, pretty late. I was in high school. Um, I think I was a, a, a junior in high school when I started playing. Um, a lot of most of my other friends played guitar already, and they were already pretty good. So I didn't want to try to play catch up with them. And um, did you play anything before that? Oh, no, I had taken like piano lessons and like guitar lessons when I was young, but not like I didn't play anything I wanted to play, you gotcha. know, I'm just, you know, mom dropping me off at the, at the lesson thing. But I mean, I think that probably, you know, helped, you know, in the long run because I had developed, you know, at least basic music knowledge. Back sure, then. sure. 
So bass was really then, your first instrument that you dedicated yourself to. Yeah, bass was like I, I where I really wanted to like play something. You and know. you were already I, sixteen. I had 17. a buddy. He could play. Yeah, about that. Yeah, I think it was a little before that actually. But he, like my one buddy, could play you know Slayer and Metallica and all that shit. And I, I wanted to do that stuff too. So I got a bass. And uh, there was a guy who was a year older than us. His name was Malcolm Keefe, and. Um, and I took lessons from him. He was kind of like the hot, the hot shot, you know, guy, older guy. Um, he actually started the band Far. I don't know if you guys remember that that band. Oh Far. yeah, I remember. I remember that. Yeah, from Sacramento. He was one of the original guys in that band. And uh, so he kind of just showed me, showed me how Billy did some of his little, 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 little things, and I just kind of, you know, went went from there, you know, and started started teaching myself from there. Oh yeah, because that would have been. Uh... Billy Sheehan, David Lee Roth era shred based stuff, right? Yeah, yeah actually, it was still Talus. Uh, oh, like Talus, wow, like right. Opening for uh, Rising Force, wow, and that, like that blew all of our doors off, you know what I mean? Like, we were like, oh my god, there's a bass player that does that too, you know what I mean? And uh, and then I just remembering, like, I want to do that, but with that music, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, yeah. I wanted to, wanted to and play it, but I wanted to play heavier heavier shit you know what i mean that's so, awesome yeah so you, you joined exodus in, in 97 but you were in another band before that right with with tom and gary yeah it was called war dance uh yep. it was kind of like a you know that like pantera was was kind of big that kind of rhythmic uh you know metal the the um biohazardy machine head stuff was getting big and so gary was writing you know some stuff like that trying to make something that that caught and uh and then once we once we we made a demo and once he had sent it out to people they were just like century media was just like get get bail off and rick back and we'll give you this you know and then that's when the the whole <laughs> all right cool it just kind of turned into exodus from there all right you know. yeah. fucking a man so okay so when you guys and when you guys came back, Bayloff was a singer, but you guys didn't, um, like, you weren't really active, right? Or did you guys right right away got back together and start doing stuff? Because you didn't, the record didn't come out until a couple years later, right? Mm, no, no, we got together, started doing shit, um, like started rehearsing. We had one show in Sacramento to warm up, and then the second show that I ever played with them was the show that we did the record. Uh, that the live recording of the record and then another the, another lesson in violence right another lesson in violence yeah, yeah. yeah and and then it took a couple months you know a few months for the record to come out and then right when the record came out we went out and did dynamo and started doing a, a u.s tour then and bayloff was still in the band then right yeah, yeah we did a whole we did we did a whole U.S. run and a whole European run. A couple, a couple of them. We went to Brazil with him. Um, so, and how long? And then, and then, how long till Bailoff wasn't in anymore? Um, I don't know. Well, he died in uh, '02. So yeah, Bailoff passed away in '02, and then right. you guys got um, Zep back in the band, right? Yeah, yeah, we were. Like we were kind of like half active at that time. Like it was kind of like, you know, everybody was just making, you know, beer money and, you know, beer and, you know, dope money. 
you know, we we get offered a show and everybody, yeah, all right, we'll do it. I was going to say it was more like random shows. You guys weren't putting out albums or doing full tours. No, no, just kind of getting cash grabs and going back home. And you know what I mean? And then, uh, and then we had some shows booked and right. And then when Bailoff died, then we asked Zet to come and, uh, just do those those shows that we had that we had booked and then uh and then he stayed in the band and kind of you know and it, it went from there yeah but then and then um so what was so the record was called uh tempo of the damn right yeah yeah and that came out on um century media right mm, that was our first nuclear blast well nuclear blast. It, was like, okay. it was a half it was a half and half thing it was weird like like Nuclear Blast, like the the live album was on Century Media, and then well, because uh, I think what what it was those two those two labels were in bed together anyways, right? Yeah, sort kind of, like, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah, so, sort of. And yeah. so, like we actually wanted to go with Nuclear, but they had the you know the rights to the record, so like both names are on it, but that was our first you know Nuclear Blast endeavor. Well, can you, and there was a was there um. A, there's supposed to be a song on the record called uh, was it Crime of the Century, right? That was supposed to be um, about that whole situation, right? Yeah, yeah. But then when I guess when Nuclear Blast got it, there was an issue about it, I think, right, or something. Yeah, like I yeah, I don't know. I always wanted to put it on, man. Like it was good. Like the the lyrics were burning, man. It was a burn, yeah. Um, and then we ended up. We ended up re we ended up putting the song out, but with different lyrics on it. I think, um, and I can't remember which song it, it is now. Um, yeah, I think we I think we put other lyrics on it and used it as like you know the the bonus, you know the, the bonus, bonus track, track or something on a Japanese record or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So, like it's out there somewhere, but Gary never wanted to put it out because like. There was a time where we were really mad at the Century Media guys, and then, like, it kind of iced itself over. And sure, then, sure. Like it was, you know, that was a, it was some pretty mean shit in the. In the <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I always thought it was a very non-Exodus thing to do to pull it off. You know what I mean? And that was yeah, what that was, happens, right? you gotta put that shit on, Gary. Man. Yeah, just was, leave it on, fuckers. That was yeah, 17, 18 years ago, though, right? Yeah, it was a long time ago. So then, um, what happened with Zet then? Because after a little while after that happened, he was in the band for like what, probably like two years or something, right? Yeah. And then yeah. he sang on he sang on Temple of the Damned, right? Yep. Yeah. And then he, he just kind of wasn't enjoying being um, on the road at that time. Like he was a real family. He was a real family guy, and his kids were younger. Younger. Yeah. And they were kind of at that age where he was. Uh, like he would just get out there and he would just worry about his kids, man, and just worry about shit that was going on at home. And uh and he just he just didn't like it. He just didn't like leaving at that at that time. You know what I mean? Like now that they're older and they're adults and he doesn't Sure, have to, he can get yeah, he can get away with it. So like parent them, then he likes he likes it now. You know what I mean? But it was uh like I think he didn't know. He was just like, Yeah, I'll do the band and Sure. And then once he got out realize there, it, yeah. away from his wife and his kids and stuff at the time, he was like, he just he just didn't like it, man. You know what I yeah. mean? I mean, that seems I to be to. it seems to be the gig for a lot of dudes that get into bands 
young too, right? And if the band takes off, then all of a sudden, you know, they're in the thirties or forties and you have kids and it's like, you're never fucking home. And, you know, yeah. it's like, well, goddamn, like this was just something awesome to do when we were 20. Right. You know? And like now we're in our forties and it's like, God damn it. Like, well, it's kind of, you know, you almost got to pick and choose. Like, you know what I mean? You almost can't have yeah. both. It's hard. You can, but it's, it's tough. It's going to be harder. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, the guys, like some guys balance it out just right. You know, yep. uh, some guys, it eats them up. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, um, I mean, some guys, and you know, whatever. If you want to be with your family, I, I get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think Tom, you know, from Slayer, he was like that. Like, he never wanted to even be around. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He enjoyed, family. He enjoyed like, family time for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he would go home to have literally, like, you know, hours with him. I was counting after a while, like, man, that guy's only got to be home for, you know, nine hours. He'd turn around yeah. and come. But he did it. You know what I mean? And. Well, and he so. had the grandkids, right? I think his logic was that, you know, he had missed his kids growing up. He didn't want to miss his grandkids growing up, too. Yeah, and he, I get it. Any time at home. But, yeah, I thought the same shit. Just the road time alone of getting there and then turning around was brutal. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I I never wanted kids, you know, and I just kind of for that reason, like, I, I don't know if I – like, I had a hard time leaving my dogs when I had dogs. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I could look into a, a, a human's eyes and you know do the same thing so did you normally leave those leave your dogs with somebody or did you take them to like boarding places what'd you do no i always left them with somebody you know um either with like a girlfriend that i lived with or uh, my mom would would take care of them you know so it's cool yeah cool so that was then, and then pain in the ass that's why i don't have a dog now i love dogs but like i just i don't want one because that was like it made yeah. touring made touring hard yeah that's why i don't have pets right so yeah, yeah me you know. too but um so what we got after that how'd you guys find how'd you guys find rob dukes so uh all right so what happened was we were uh we just played i think japan and zet you know zet did japan and we were supposed to come back and for like we were supposed to come home for like two days and then go do a, a run in south america um you know like a 10-day run or something in, in South America and we got home and Zet quit. He quit answering his phone. He's like, I'm not going, I'm done, I'm out. And we were like, we gotta leave in three days. And uh so we ended up getting uh big Steve, Steve Steve Esquivel from from Skin Lab. I, I don't okay. know if you guys know him or not. Then yep. he was in Defiance and uh yep. I was just one of our old buddies from the Bay. Great singer. Always had like a totally awesome voice. I loved it. And uh so we just called him up like, you want to go to, you know, South America? And he took his notes and he went down there with us. And, uh, and actually we had to do, like, we had to do some days down in, in South America and then come back and jump on a, a Megadeth tour and, and oh, wow. whole tour. And like, we didn't want to cancel the whole, you know, all of it. So we got, we got Esquivel to, to come and do it. And, uh, and then Dukes was our guitar tech on that run. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, a friend of ours had just, uh, an L.A. friend of ours had just, you know, put his name in, said, yeah, I know the guy. He's a sober, you know, guy. We go to meetings together. And then he did that run. And then after we were done, you know, then we were kind of looking for a singer. And we tried Rob out, and we liked him. So. Did he throw his hat into the ring? I mean, what made you guys identify the tech as – I mean, that's just kind of a cool transition for, and we, was he a singer before? Or like, Yeah, he was in, he played, played in a couple, 
played around like local bands, bands, you know, stuff yeah. like in, in New York and uh, and then like he got up and sang, uh, I think deranged with us on the last night, you know, when everybody's fucking around, you know what I mean? And sure. And he sounded pretty good and uh, you know, and so, you know, you know, you know, we knew we could live with him already, you know, like that's a huge sure, sure, sure. You know what I mean? Like so you've already well, spent, outside it. Yeah. You've already spent a month on the bus with somebody uh, like that's already out of the way, you know what I mean? So sure. Um, there you go, Dave. Bro, bro maybe if uh, you were better at guitar, you could have been playing there instead of Gary Hall, huh? Yeah, that's right. Damn it. Exactly. Yeah, but I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, and then, uh, so Dukes was in the band for, dude, a long time, right? Like 10 years, nine years almost, right? Yeah, it was a long time, yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, we, uh, let's see, we did uh, one, two, three. But we did three three albums, I think, with him, and the and the re-record of Bonded. Dude, you're you, along with Gary and Tom Hunting. Well, I mean, you saw the sing you saw all three singers, right? You yeah. played in the band with Bayloff, with yeah. Zet, mm -hmm. and with Rob Dukes. Yeah. So how was that? Like, was there like, was it just crazy to like every you know every couple of years kind of look up and see a different guy up up there? Like, yeah, yeah, but I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard when it's the singer because that's such the, you know, an identifier of, of the band. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of like Anthrax, you know what I mean? Yeah. What I mean, like, forth. with Zet, you know, like, he was, I get it, you know, he, I mean, he was, like, he was back and forth. So every time you guys got him, it's not like you got a different guy. You know what I mean? Right. You, just got, you know, you know what I mean? Right. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm sure had that that battle, right, where he was replacing, trying yeah. to replace a, a Bayloff or a Zet, you know what I mean? Whereas, right. You know, yeah. Zet basically, he's just stepping back in the place. You know what I mean? So Yeah, because Zet sang on some of y'all's most iconic albums. Like, I, when yeah. I was looking back through the discography, like, yeah. a couple of the albums that I always identified as Exodus, you know, Zet was singing on. So when I saw yeah. you guys play recently when we were up at the show, uh, you know, that was, it, it, it was all the same for me, right? Like, I, I, yes. was una I was unaware on a couple of, like, at least hearing him, I was like, oh, yeah, it's always the same shit. But obviously, right. I mean, it wasn't, but... Now, do, do you have a favorite uh, Exodus record, Jack? Well, that's like kind of hard. Stuff before, before you joined, you know what I mean? Mm, I mean, before I joined, it's, I mean, obviously Bonded is, you know, such a, you know, has such a place in history and it's like yeah. such a unique, <clears throat> it's, a, it's a unique thing. Um, <clears throat> of the albums that I've done, I, I, man, it's really weird. I really like Exhibit A, and it's kind of one that everybody kind of passes over um, a lot. But uh, like, it was, it's a really dark album. And it's got go riffs to, on that record. There's oh, riffs man, on that record. Like the riffs are like out of control yeah. because it is like the reason that that is is because that's the first record that was written without Rick in the picture because it the the album before that shovel-headed kill machine rick was in the band until he didn't show up to record right sure um so those songs were written with rick in mind and then once lee was in the band gary was like fuck it you know i can do whatever the fuck i want and he just like he just unleashed guitar hell on that album you know and he was listening to a lot of uh black metal at the time um so it's like it, the whole album sounds like it's in that's a, a good dark, record. Yeah, it's a, a good record somewhere. You know what I mean? It's uh, and the songs are huge, like long, 
you know, like, uh, uh, you know, master of puppets type songs. Yeah, yeah. Parts and interludes and, you know, all this shit, you know what I mean? And to me, that's what I like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need a radio song, you know what I mean? Like yeah, that yeah. Epic thrash tune, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, so I really like that one a lot. You know, it, it kind of gets looked over a lot, I think, you know. My favorite record is Impact is Imminent. That was for me growing up, like that was a record that was like, dude, I played that, I had that on cassette, you know, auto reverse, played it back, you know, back to front. Every song on the record was amazing. You know, there's riffs on that record too, right? Oh, so, yeah, yeah. It's good guitar tone on that one too. Oh, dude, the, the riffs just, oh, I used to, you know, tell Gary that like, God damn, dude, you gotta read, you know? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, no, some of those songs are, they're, they're great, yeah. And you did some production work on some of those albums, didn't you? No, just the last one. I did on uh, Blood In, Blood Out. Yeah. What's, what started we, that? Give us that story. Well, uh, we were having trouble scheduling with Andy. Um, he was, he was, Andy you know, Sneep. He, yeah, Sneep. He's our, every album I've done with Exodus, we've done with Sneep. Andy Sneep, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and so for that, the last one, we were just kind of, we kept missing him and I can't do it this month. I can't, I got, and then he had a month that was kind of split. So I just said, hey, you know, let's get him out here for, you know, a week. We can get the drums done. You know, let's let the wizard, you know, come out, get the drums done. And then he can just set me, set me up, you know, and we can get the levels right. And then I can, I can track all the guitars and bass and vocals uh, at home. You know what I mean? So I just went over to, we went over to Tom's house and I just set up a little, you know, computer and and we just we did we just did the rest and then i would mail you know i'd so mail the stems to him how did you uh how'd you when at what, what point did you learn how to do all that stuff yeah where'd you get the audio like production like teach skills? yourself that along the way or well yeah kind of i'd been uh you know i'd been it, it, it kind of started when i was i was doing my own band the i have a, the, the country band coffin hunter which we'll and, get into. yeah i want to get deep into that in a second yeah, okay. And I was like doing actually, you know, I was going and doing recording sessions and building country music, you know, uh, something I hadn't really done before, you know what I mean? And, and you were engineering that yourself? No, I was hiring a buddy of mine. Okay. But you know, I, I kept walking up to the screen and going, uh, yeah, take that, take the line and scoot it over to that, that. Yeah, that one right there, you know, and then I was like, you know what, I need to read a, I need to read a fucking book. You know what I mean? And, like get this together. So I, I, I actually started, I just started screwing around and, and then I, I got to the point where like I knew too much, but I didn't know enough. You know what I mean? And then I just decided to go actually take the, the Pro Tools. I took Pro Tools 101 and 201. Nice. Um, okay. And those- just, you know, I could get it from the beginning you know, to the, to the, where I, to where I needed it. And, uh, are those just, online classes or like you say that? Like no, it's, yeah. I, I went to, I actually went to LA. Uh, oh. It was like, it was like three or four days um, cool. of like really like, you know, eight hour intensive classes taught by this guy that knew every, you know, thing in the program, basically, you know what I mean? That's awesome. That's and, great. Yeah. yeah. And then I just got, and then I just kind of had everything in order, 
and and then I could just start watching everybody around me and picking up, you know, like you know what they did. So That's awesome. I have great people to ask. I can like Sneep. I mean, you know, he will always answer my question, man. It's, it's killer. Like I can ask That's him cool. shit, and he just he just answers me. You know what I mean? Like so, like I have some of the best you know, people to help me out of situation. And so you're able to then shoot that stuff to him and then somebody else puts it all back together and then does all the final mixing. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he did. I actually went out and watched him do the mix. Um, I, I went out to his place and watched him do the mix. And uh, so, yeah, you know, I'm, I've just, you know, been picking up, picking up stuff ever since then, you know. Let's kick so out. now let's get into the, uh, the, the, your country band then. So you have this, this country band. Like yeah. Coffee Hunter. When did that um, start? You, you play, well, hold on. Before you, you play banjo in it, right? Play banjo and, and guitar, yeah. So now, that now okay, so when did you, when did you learn banjo? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just taught, you know, I just kind of taught myself. It was, uh, I, we were on tour and we were uh, in the back lounge and we were watching Oh Brother Where Art Thou? And, uh, you know, it was one of those tours where you watch a, a movie 100 times. Yep. Oh, yeah. And every tour. The one movie that plays on the bus. That tour. tour, that was our movie. And so I'm sitting back there with Zet, and, you know, we're saying every every line. You know what I mean? Like, and uh, and then there's the there's the montage where they're on the run, and, and it's just kind of the mute. The girls are singing, and they're stealing the pies and running. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. And I was just watching it, and this little banjo's playing in the back, and I was like, I'm going to get a banjo when I get home and, and I'm going to learn how to play it. <laughs> yeah, whatever, you know. And then I just ended up, I ended up getting one and I just took, I just took to it. Like I just fell in love with it like right away. And then that kind of led me to get into more like banjo music, like real bluegrass, like real old, you know, bluegrass picking stuff. And then that got me, into old country as well like that just kind of blended into johnny cash and waylon and then it you know then it exploded and then i i was into everything so what motivated you to start a band and actually start doing like country gigs um well mostly that like i as soon as i started playing banjo i started writing songs because it's okay. it's a lead instrument and i've been on the bass for years and you don't really write music from the bass you know um so I just started playing and I'm like, oh, that's a riff. And that's when, oh, those two go together. And before you knew it, I had a song and then I had another song and I had another song. And then I'm like, yeah, shit, I, I better record it. And then people were, you know, like smiling like huge when I would play it for them because banjo just makes everybody smile. Oh, you know? yeah, it's banjo, and, dude. <laughs> and so I'm like, well, shit, I may as well make a, you know, make a band and, and do this. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't do it live too often, you know, cause it's, it's a side thing and it's kind of a pain in the ass, you know, I got to load all my gear and take it all over there. And how, how many guys in the band? Then? Is it, uh, I usually have, um, I usually have like five, you know, and wow. you guys have albums got, out. I mean, how many recordings have you done? Uh, I, I have two, I have two things that, two, you know, things that I've done and I'm going to, I'm going to record another one, uh, this summer. I have That's a bunch awesome. of stuff and I got a couple, uh, I got, I got some guys here that I play with that are really good. And then I got a couple like real Nashville 
you know, my yeah, because when you say so here, yeah. you're not in Sacramento anymore. You're in you're in Nashville now. I, I moved to Nashville, yeah, a couple of years ago, yeah. And, and you and you basically moved to Nashville to kind of do the country thing, then, right? To do yeah, to, well, not to like, not to like, you know, like not to play country music here and stuff. I just wanted to be surrounded by like the guys who are the best. Like I, I really came here to take pedal steel lessons. Like I was, I was screwing around with the pedal steel. It's the coolest instrument that, you know, anybody's ever made. And I, I wanted to learn how to play it. I couldn't find anybody on the West coast that even played it much yeah, less. That's, that's <laughs> so I, I was just going to come out here for like six months and take pedal steel lessons. And, uh, and I got out here and I was practicing the steel and I gave myself tendonitis from, from holding the, from holding the actual steel. Oh, wow. I packed that thing up and stuck it in the fuck closet and I haven't touched it, but then I, I just stayed here, you know, um, like the people here are cool. They're all hyper good musicians, um, you know, and uh, it's just like a, it, it kind of was like a, like musically I was stimulated again, you know, whereas like I was just going home to the Bay and I just wasn't doing shit. You know what I mean? So, like there wasn't you, so you, these people that talk to the stuff to the, you know, like the things I wanted to talk to. I can go out here and find somebody. I can talk about Jerry Reed's guitar picking for two hours, like any night I want, you know. So um, it's just kind of a cool, it's a cool group of people that live here. You know, they're all ambitious. They're all like, they're all better than me. I mean, like everybody here just completely destroys me musically. And, uh, and they're all great. Like they're all like open the door and I can come in and jam and, you know, uh, you know, get up on stage with them and play, and it's it's just fun. It's a fun environment. That's interesting too, because a lot of people don't yeah. give country music a lot of credit for, you know, musical proficiency necessarily. <clears throat> oh man, these guys are the best players on earth, and like they know every Slayer song. <laughs> <laughs> the, the drummer for Florida Georgia Line, he knows every Thrash song. He knows every. Great. You know what I mean? So, like we I'll did a we did a thing. Uh, they do a lot of, you know, jams, you know, like jam night things here, you know, with the theme. And the one guy wanted to do like a, a it was a thrash night. And I got, I got Zetro to come out and, uh, and Cragen, uh, uh, our, the guy that backed up Gary, he lives in Little yeah. Rocks, came out and we did some, we did a few Exodus songs and Zet cool. did a, a couple of early Testament stuff, you know, with people. And, uh, so this guy was, uh, like I, you know, the guy sat down to play drums um, on the uh, um, on the Toxic Waltz with us, you know, and I I just met him. Like I just met the guy on stage, you know what I mean? And, uh, and this is the Florida Georgia Line guy. No, no, just okay. the guy. I didn't know who he was, and he he sat down. I gave him a fist bump. All right, let's do this, man. He's all right, man. Let's do it. And, <laughs> and he, man, I mean, he played it. He played it really good. Like he played it, you know, with Tom's little bounce and like like everything like he, he played it right you know what wow. i mean and uh and i'm being back there afterwards and i walk over to him oh man you know you did that really good dude like you know like a lot of people you know they'll play it but they'll you know like they'll play it straight like you were like you really did it and it's like oh god man thanks man i was i was, I was you know worried about that one man i've been listening to this shit since i was a kid man and i just <laughs> you know I, I just i really wanted to nail that man i'm glad you said that and i'm like play around you know oh yeah I play country, man. I play down and down around. I've, I've been playing with Lee Greenwood lately. <laughs> it's fucking Lee Greenwood's drummer, dude. You know? Like, and he, That's awesome. And, 
and he nailed our shit. You know what I mean? So like all these guys are, are like that here. They're so on the jam know, nights, you weren't doing those as country covers. You were doing them as true to true to form. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a lot of rock. Uh, there's a really cool rock scene here. A lot of old guys have moved here, you know, that are from other bands and uh, and stuff. And there's just a good group of people that goes out to see rock, rock. How'd shows. you now, How'd you break into the Nashville scene? Like when you moved out there, did you like already know people? I'm sure there's like some kind of hierarchy there or something. You know what I mean? Like totally, man. Absolutely. Like, you can't just yeah. show up and be like, "Hey, dude, I want to play the blues," or you know what I mean? Yeah. I want to get the. Car hey, I'm in a metal band. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Like I wouldn't been able to come here and, and get into the the country music scene as much as i love it and you know can play it like i can't i can't i can't last against those guys you know um i got in there's there was a when i got here uh these guys were doing a show called the rock and roll residency on tuesday nights and it's the guys that are uh they back up gene simmons and they back up ace freely now okay. um and they don't do the jam anymore because they kind of got busy doing doing that stuff and uh but uh, I got, I came to town and they just invited me right up on stage, you know, like it, they, they always had people get up and, you know, do stuff with them. And as soon as I got to town, uh, uh, Nico from Suicidal was here at the time and he introduced me to him and, uh, and they were like, yeah, you want to come play a song next week? And I'm all, okay, you know, and I got up and they just made me, made me feel totally welcome. You know what That's I mean? That's cool, man. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, yeah, because that's fucking cool. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I was getting on stage with, like, people that have been there, you know, sure. all their life, you know. Yeah, I mean? dudes that run the scene or whatever. So yeah, know. like, Liv, Liv, Liv Tyler's mom gets up and sings at it every week and, and stuff, you know what I mean? Like, they got real, like, you know, real Nashville built-in, sure. you know, roots. Come yeah, the real roots of this shit right there. So. Yeah. so you're there as much just for exposure and like so you can learn new things and like you like the whole scene and the vibe. I was under the impression that you guys gigged there, like that Coffin Hunter played there. It's not Nashville music, man. Yeah. Like Coffin Hunter is really more of the Hank 3 side of things, you know? Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's very outlawed death country yeah. type stuff. Yeah. Like, like I knew, a, I've heard, uh, I had a friend in Dallas that loved that kind of shit and had a slew of fans that, and, and you know, that was one of my questions. It all makes a lot more sense now as to how you developed the band as to like, in my head, I'm like, well, you're going for something as mainstream as country and Western. It seems right. interesting that you would pick something as dark and outlaw as Coffin Hunter. Yeah, I can't, I, yeah, I can't win. I can't, I can't make a damn thing that makes money. <laughs> well, it's like, yo, bro, you, you know, he's heavy music. He picked the punk rock of country, right? I mean, so, he did, he did. It makes total sense in that respect. It would just, you know, in my thought, like, cause I, and I don't look at it as a sellout per se, although, you know, back in the, you know, we all come from eighties thrash metal. You would have then, but I mean, looking at it as a business, I'm like, well, fuck, if I can play some banjo and I'm hanging out in Nashville, like, you know, I'm going for pop country, right? So that, yeah. you know, yeah. like that, that's where all the money is. Those guys still actually make money on albums even, well, don't they? So, oh yeah. Yeah, those yeah it's crazy. Are... Like there, it's the anomaly in the music industry. Yeah, no, it's still- Oh boy, you've been to the rest of America, Holmes? 
<laughs> yeah. All right, bro. That's why country's so big, dog. I know, but I'm saying say. even an anomaly in the way that the sales happen and the business side of it, like they actually, when you drop an album as a country and Western star, I think that that's still a really big deal. And it's not like they simply yeah. rely on touring for revenue generation. Like they oh, actually, no, they sell records, bro. Yeah, they like, make I mean, bank dude, on record like, sales. When you're talking like, let's say like, you know, that's a different level, but like Tim McGraw or Faith Hill, bro, their average tour has like 18 trucks. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, savage. It's yeah. a big, it's big toy. It's big stuff, man. You know, country's always been right, and country's also Taylor's as big as it gets right now. You know what I mean? Like she's she does two nights at at the stadium. You know what I yeah. mean? Oh yeah, exactly. So and then you know Nashville's almost like it's like the L.A. of the East Coast now. Where these yeah. places, like you know, there's a lot of you know more people, not just country music, but like I know Dave Mustaine relocated down there, right? He's got some. Cool there's so many. There's so many. Saying, dude. Uh, Billy Sheehan's here. Uh, John Karabi's here. Vince Neal's here. Uh, uh, the Cinderella singer is here. Uh, Jack White. The, Jack White's based out of Nashville, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I think it's even more. It's it's cooler than L.A. now because L.A. is like. You know, LA, there's like 10 guys making music for everybody. There's no music scene there anymore. Sure, like, sure. Like there's there's a hangout scene, you know what I mean? But it's not a music I, scene, you, you know what I mean? Um, the same with New York. Like you're not going to go to New York and get your band famous or like nobody's going to. Not anymore. Nobody, one thing, there's too many people to give a shit and there's no scene. It's Everything's too diluted, you know what I mean? So sure. like, but Nashville there's it's the it's real gatekeepers you know what i mean like you have to you know you have to you have to make a demo it's got to be master quality or they won't listen to it on music row like it has to be recorded or they won't do it so they're so then there's a, a demo making industry here you know what i mean like you still can record demos then you know the you know like 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 the publishing once you get your record you got to be able, you got to go down and you got to play, uh, you know, Layla's, you know, at night. And then if the lady at Layla's likes you and she tells the people at WSM, the radio station, that you're good, then they invite you on for the lunch wow. show. And, you know, once you've played the lunch show at WSM, then, you know, you get the weekend gigs at downtown <laughs> and, and, and you have to do it that way. Like Holy all shit. of those, all of those guys and girls that are, you know, in the last 10 years, you know, they all were singing down on Broadway. All wow. of them. Like, like, you have to do that. And you that's country western over. specific, or is that even in the rock scene there, or kind of overall? No, there is no rock. There's no rock business scene here. Gotcha. You know? Like, the, the business is country music. It's, it's the publishing, and, you know, like, if they can't get it on the radio next week, they're not talking to you. Wow. You know? It's, it's it's the machine and that's the way it's always been that's what chased you know willie and waylon out of town back then was they couldn't make the music they wanted they had to make the music chet atkins told them to make and they had to have the band that chet put them with and they like they didn't like it so they all went out to texas and got high and made the music that they wanted you know what i mean um so like nashville's always always kind of been like that nashville they're not innovators they're it's it's the commercial machine you know so is Yo, the, speaking of getting high speaking of getting high we, we got some uh, gentleman jack some gentleman mm -hmm. jack Herr for our guest jack gibson right so why don't we uh do a little token right now yeah i've been smoking jack this whole this whole thing you so look far. high as fuck right now dave i'm high but i'm very awake 
Because <laughs> you're smoking Jack, gentleman Jack. That's why. Uh, so is the Nam? So the very first Nam show I ever went to it was when I was in high school, and I was there was actually our high schools were huge there in Northern Virginia. Uh, John Campbell went to the same high school, and there was like ah. a big, big guitar program, and we did um, at the there was like a guitar ensemble competition of some sort there in Nashville that summer and we went uh it was before school ended so it's probably you know whenever they do fucking nam down there i guess yeah right um, uh, it's in, yeah it's usually in the summer here but yeah. i don't know i don't know how what you know what it was back then could have been different no no i think it it, it was the same because la's in january or whatever so it was in the summer anyway it was always the smaller one um yeah because it's such a big scene there now has that blown up or is LA still just like it's LA dwarfs everything else that those guys do? Yeah, no, it's, it's not even the one here's, I don't even think it's as big as the, the downstairs room in a, at a, in Anaheim. Yeah, LA's got the real estate, you know what I mean? And yeah. whatever, when they do it, they got the, they got, you know, they like built that arena out just for now. Yeah. Because that was just getting too big for that. Right. So they had to go somewhere else or gotcha. expand and they expand. Right. So, it's dude it's la bro when it yeah. comes to yeah, shit I mean, like it, that it you're, not gonna, like, you're not gonna you know Nashville's and that's the beginning gonna... of the year and stuff i just didn't know if they were transitioning it somewhat because i mean the la was no. a fucking shit show man like that I mean, there's one in germany too right so yeah but that one i heard is gone almost i heard i heard music may said like almost nobody goes i think i think the one in la is headed that way it's, it's getting smaller like like less like companies are starting to not show up or they're just having little hard booths, booths where yeah. they can bring because it's fucking expensive dude like you know to get a really booth expensive. there and do all that shit send your guys down there for three or four days hotels yeah. you know yeah oh and it's God. kind and, of and, and, and then at the end of the day it usually turns into one big fucking party anyway right so yeah and they don't need to do it either like it's kind of yeah, kind dude. Of old and well, old. It depends. I mean, some some companies are are like doing it and they're releasing, announcing new products and shit like that. So that makes sense, you know. But there's a lot of like, you know, like, like Taylor Taylor Bridges. They don't even bother getting a Nam booth, right? No. Need it. And Gibson didn't show up at least for one or two of them. No, Gibson years. always has their own area, bro. Gibson like has yeah. their area that's always yeah. away from uh, Like who else didn't didn't come? Well, Dean. Well, so Dean Dean, Dean does Dean it a different not. way. They have a uh, <laughs> their own. Yeah, they have their like they bring all their retailers in and have you know their own event there. And so yeah. Gibson, the last time I went to Nam, this is years ago when Armin was still alive. Um, dude, we had to get like uh, you had to make an appointment to like get into the Gibson booth. It was crazy. Yeah, like, wouldn't let me to get in. And he worked for Black Label at the time. You know what I mean? So he was like, "Yo, what's up?" And they were like, "Nope." Wow, that's fucking crazy. So they're okay. you know, they're exclusive, right? But this they didn't show. Back. I was like, I, I was like, my name's Gibson. I can't get in. They're like, get out of here, kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, were they there this last year, Jack? Did you go? Yeah. 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 They were actually had a pretty big uh a pretty big presence here at the at the one here. And then they were they were upstairs yeah, there. Yeah, so they didn't show for the just that one year then. Yeah, it was might have been when all that you know weirdness was going on with the company and stuff. So yep. they've definitely tried to step their shit back up. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So the guys who so bought it, the guys who bought it, like, are like fans of old Gibson guitars. Sure. You know what I mean? But it's uh, a wood problem. It's not really so much a manufacturing problem. It's, it's a wood issue, right? So. Yeah, that guy was just trying to stamp the name on anything he could, and you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, 
he was just doing weird, like non-traditional Gibson type. Like if you got a company like Gibson, just make what they, you know, like you could just make less Pauls, dude. You know what I mean? And and like the company would be okay. You know just, what I mean? You do fine. Just do yeah. those those historic ones that they're doing now with the proper aging and all the yeah. retro shit on it. Yeah, just make, do. A, make a good Les Paul again. You know, yep. make a good V again. You know what I mean? That's all you got to do is Gibson. People know? make better Vs, right? Like, I mean, at the end of the day, everybody buys a Gibson for Les Paul. <laughs> I mean, SGs and shit. There's, there's a shitload of great Gibsons. I'm not bashing them. It's just, yeah. you know, yeah. you're right. Les Pauls are why, why all that pops into my head. Yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or you know, they're all cool. I mean, you know, but yeah, I mean, the Les Pauls, the flagship, I think. So on the weed side, actually. Because <laughs> you're a connoisseur, um, what's the national scene like? Because I know Tennessee has legal hemp and everything now. Like, what's their stance on the the more fun side of cannabis? Oh, they're pretty much still like you know, just get out of the car, boy. Really? <laughs> and uh, so it's not like kind of turned the other way because it's a music town, and you know, I mean, even well, in Nashville, maybe. Uh, you know they're a little more used to it but yeah you get 10 minutes out that way and now uh, yeah wow. and i kind of have a feeling like this area and these this cluster of states they'll be the very last ones that 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 go for it well like carolina I, I mean you have the carolinas virginia just decriminalized which was surprising yeah. right so it's creeping it's creeping that direction yeah i just like there's real, uh, you know, like there's still real Bible Belt uh, type values just outside of the city. Like Nashville is a, you know, a, you and know, that, a, that being what alcoholism and uh, you know and racism are all cool, but smoking smoking <laughs> smoking, smoking weed isn't. Yeah. <laughs> hey, wave the rebel flag, but you can't smoke yeah. weed. Bro. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you know, like. <laughs> Like all the, you know, like all the, all the so dirt fun. balls smoke weed and do meth, you know what right, I mean? Right. But they don't count. Like their vote don't count. <laughs> you know, because they don't vote or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like I mean, at the end of the ball. day, everybody smokes weed. That's the thing. It's like all the country boys. Like, I mean, everybody in Texas smokes weed, yet there's still this yeah, sentiment of that it's bad. And uh, They don't. Well, I mean, well, Jack, let's talk about the time when we played Nashville. And you came out and you were just like, what the fuck? This just doesn't happen. Because we were just blazing openly. And you were just like, yeah, yeah. You were ripping dabs on the side of the stage. Nashville, <laughs> <laughs> man. How are you guys getting away with it? You're like, yeah. I don't know. We'll just do it yeah. us, man. What? Yeah. Yeah, they were looking the other way that day. Yeah. <laughs> they always yeah. seemed to do that with the Slayer crew. And I had even yeah. heard from other people. They were like, you know, they don't do this like with any other band. For some reason, they yeah. just let you guys do your thing. Because like, they're all afraid. I had like no idea. <laughs> I, mean, I was rolling, I was rolling with fucking state. Warren and Warren the whole time. I was like, here, fire up another dab, fire up another dab. And I'm just like, what the fuck, dude? There's people everywhere. Where the hell are we even? It's like, are we in Tennessee? It doesn't matter, bro. It was fine, bro. No one ever said shit to us, man. It was fine. Dab <laughs> in front of 20,000 people here in town. <laughs> I mean, so it was like certain countries, like you, when we got to the UK, we knew, all right, no fuck around here. You know what yeah. I mean? You got to smoke everything outside, right? I mean, dude, we've been in the UK where it's like we're in there for pre-production and we're in the bathroom, not even halfway through the joint, and the dude fucking walks through the door. Bro, how the fuck did we're like three rooms deep? You know what I mean? Like it's like what? Because you can't smoke inside at all or something. I got, I got. I don't know. Yeah, no, no smoking at all. 
on this last tour we were on on the the the, the COVID tour, uh, I got busted. I I got arrested at the Swedish border for weed. I got really. I got yeah. I got Did a ticket. You? I got to pay right now. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a ticket. Uh, what did they do? It was like a couple of grand, probably, huh? Yeah. It was like one and a half grams. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Dude, that sucks. Well, did they take you in, or it was just a ticket on the spot? Nah, they just give you a ticket on the spot and fucking go. It's, you know what I mean? it's fucked up. It's a fucked up story, dude. Like, so basically, <laughs> this is this is worth listening to. So basically, like, I wake up in my phone, <clears> and I, and I, you know, we're we're sitting still, and I didn't quite <laughs> know why why we'd be sitting still. Open the thing. I see the, you know, the, the, the border guard in the bus, um, and it smells like weed. Like Zet had must have been smoking, you know, right up to the to the border, right? <laughs> and like he's standing there, and like everyone else on the bus is exo wasted, just Exodus wasted, right? Wasted, yeah. Robin Lee, like everybody, and I kind of go oh shit and I grab my shit and kind of hide it you know like before the cop sees me and uh and uh and then I go up there and like Lee is just talking shit <laughs> just I mean just talking shit and he's he's wasted to the point where I can't I'm like <laughs> and he's just yeah you guys this shit wouldn't happen in america and you think you're so smart here look at your uniforms i he was just just killing these guys right and they were just like you know and, and the guy was like look i know somebody's been smoking weed on this bus i can smell it and everybody up there's like nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just like oh, fuck you know and like so like the thing is is that i had some dab with me right because i i had, i just took some over like a few tours ago where were you coming and, from and going so this was going into sweden from where uh uh from Copenhagen. germany okay. so along Copenhagen. That, yeah is it legal in denmark no uh no no it's not uh, legal anywhere in that it, it isn't it isn't a big deal you know what i mean so anyway like but dabs is concentrates yeah concentrates gets, gets weird yeah right yeah. so and i had a, little, I had a little bit of it and i was like oh fuck you know i don't want him to fucking search the bus and i could tell zet was up he was zipped up because last time last time he gave uh you know his up they they fucking you know bust gave him like way too much shit for it you know what i mean and he could like they were pulling him out of the airline lines and shit for like a year and stuff you know what I mean? uh, like he's like never Never, I'm never saying yes again, never. You know, fuck you, find it, you know. And like, but I didn't want him to find mine, you know what I mean? Because then I, I, you know, so I was like, all right, I, I was like, it was mine, I, I have some. And I gave him, you know, I gave him a little bag you know, that I had. And he's like, all right. Um, well, first of all, he's like, you know, if you just give me it, we'll let you go. You know, I'm all yeah, right, right. Here, here, I got some here, here's a pipe. And then they're like, all right, everybody out of the bus. <laughs> Liars. Right? All right. So, yeah. So, you get the guy gets you guys off, off the bus, and then Lee and Gary are just going at it, right? Going at the, at the, at the guy. Lee and Gary are just tearing into these cops. They're wasted. Like, they're just drunk, and everybody's trying to get him to shut up, and Lee's just, you know, Lee, he ain't having <laughs> he's just, he's just He's just boring holes in these cops, man, and shit. <laughs> 
<clears throat> so the one guy, like, I'm trying to sort it out with the cop, you know, and uh, and then all of a sudden I hear in the back, the one guy goes, all right, everybody inside, you're getting strip searched. Like, just because just because they were being dicks. Like, oh. so, I'm like, really? He's like, the guy goes, he's the boss. So we all went in and they, they strip searched us all. Yeah. <laughs> no fucking that way. You ever got strip searched? Yeah, all of them. Everybody well, got. No, but was that the first time you ever got strip searched? Me? No, man. I've been. I've been. <laughs> I've so it. wait, did they find the oil? <clears throat> no, no, because I I I put it up high in the, in the bus, and um, uh, but actually, like they 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 brought a dog and ran a dog on the bus. And I don't think it was a, a wee a drug dog. <laughs> it was the wrong dog. Well, <laughs> they were just trying to scare everybody. Like, yeah, like yeah. scare us. Cause like they didn't do it the way I've seen them do it before. It was kind of half-assed. And then they were like, huh? and it looked yeah. more like the, like the fruit dog, you know, like the, the, you the had bomb dog. Could have been a bomb dog, right? It's either bomb or um, food yeah, drugs, right? You can't have both. So, so anyway, we all went in. <laughs> We all got strip searched, and then, uh, and then they they all went back to the bus, and then I had to sit in there and sign some shit because I I was the one that had given them weed. Man, uh, so. <laughs> so wait on the uh, did you get COVID on the COVID Strikes Back tour? I did not. No. no. Really? Yeah, no. Gary was right next to me. You know, he's sleeping right next to me. I I didn't get it. Did you? Actually, have you I taken an antibody test? I actually smoked weed with Will the day we left. He was already feeling sick. Oh, I, man. You still never got it. Yeah. I, I don't think it's quite as... It's like, not, that's crazy, man. Because like, like, well, we just... I don't know cap. if you know, we just had Will, right? As our first guest. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he told us that whole story. That our second you know, second guest, Chuck Billy, and then now you. So we had right. one guy from each band from that tour. You know right. what I mean? So two of those guys got it. You got You didn't. No. I mean... Hey, hang on a second. Gary was the only guy on, on our bus that, that got it. I got it. Did you, have you taken an antibody test? No. Oh, well, we got to know. We got to like know. Doctor, my doctor didn't give a fuck. You know what I mean? I, I, was like, but, but, I was like, I was on a bus and everybody yeah, got it. And I think I, and he goes, yeah, maybe you got it. I don't know, maybe you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tennessee. They're like, yeah, who cares? You know what yeah, I mean? Whatever, man. I mean, I would agree. Because you're, you're, you're obviously fine, but I'm curious just from a, you know, understanding, you know, yeah. the, the yeah. spread kind of, you know, all the hype. Not you, that I've you're actually. You're not gonna understand it, bro. Come on, dude. There's no understanding. There's no pattern at all, right? It's just so I am, fucking weird. I am buying Jack a home antibody test. I don't think they're accurate at all, right, this second. But as soon as they're at least sort of accurate, I'm sending you one just because we got enough. Yeah. If I if I get down to the you know to the doctor, uh, I'll you know I'll tell him and say try it let's see what you know yeah just be like come on like i sat there and smoked like i smoked symptoms? a joint with the guy that almost died from it <laughs> like like no yeah. symptoms at all nothing sore throat a little not, nothing huh? could still can still still never lost taste or smell just the weird shit like that huh that's i mean nuts. most of us didn't you know there was like 30 31 or 32 people on the tour and i think 10 people got it you know and like, like some of them you know, it went from Will, you know, literally having the, the the extra bad part happen, you know, where his lungs were filling up to like, you know, 
like Steve, you know, DiGiorgio and Chuck, like they were sick for some days. You know what I mean? Like they yeah, were Chuck really acted sick. like a couple of weeks, like two and a half yeah. weeks before yeah, he was Chuck kind was, of back Chuck up. Chuck was out of for a couple of weeks, so. Yeah, and, and Stevie D too. And then Gary was sick for five a week. days. Yeah. Like a week, yeah. Yeah, he wasn't that bad. It took him longer to get the test. Yeah. yeah he was sick. People got it, so. They never felt it either. Like some of them, uh, you know, they just couldn't taste and smell. Went down and they tested positive. So, huh? You know, who knows? I may have been running around Kroger's just passing it out. Like, <laughs> the, 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 the COVID clown throwing it out. To the I mean, I wonder how many hundreds of thousands of people were like that, right? They say that it's like 50X or so versus what they're actually testing against as far as just what they see is. So, I mean, I, those numbers are massive. Massive. I'm waiting for a couple of years to, to know. <laughs> That's crazy. Until they, you know, get all those numbers and look back on it and you, you know what I mean? So, yeah. I really, That's crazy, crazy, man. So, dude, why, why, don't we, uh, why don't we get into some of the stuff uh, behind you over there? I want to take a tour. Take us on yeah. a tour. Um, okay, well, let's say you're, you're a Yamaha uh, in Dorsey, right? You play Yamaha yes. stuff, basses and... Uh, um, backline right uh well i've been doing tc uh amps but okay. they just i don't know what's up with the company like they sold to to behringer yeah they got it, it changed it shifted weird it, it got weird yeah, there talked to them since then like i i don't i they just quit answering my emails and shit well, Tob tobias uh he's not with the company anymore no none of those guys are like like none of the like none yeah. of the dudes that i knew there in our yeah i know they're all gone so um, and I kind of have a feeling that like the really, really good shit that they made, they're not going to make anymore. Like that, you know, that, the head that I have, the blacksmith, it's, you know, it's like a $2,000, $2,500 base head. And I think Behringer is going to pull that, uh, the tone print stuff and the, you know, the, they have the base amp where you can, uh, you get the app. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And you can like send the effects into the, you know, uh, thing like, you know, they're going to bet that's, that's what Behringer wants. Like they want yeah. the, well, that's what Behringer does, right? Behringer yeah, does yeah. those little traveling, right. uh, um, mixing desks now, you know what I mean? They're literally right. like thick, they're this thick, they're literally, you could just yeah. mix the whole show on, you could do like right. all kinds of shit, so. So right. I mean, um, if, if that's going to change, I mean, you probably don't get the same support. What are you going to do for running amps? Well, I mean, like he said, now Yamaha owns Ampeg, so oh, cool. um, I'll probably end up going back to 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 Peg, because the uh, Yamaha guys take good care of me, and they're they're kind of redeveloping the Ampeg company, um, you know, to get it to get it back, you know, back to kind of where it was before, at least quality wise. So, Sweet. well, because Mac, well, Mac, what happened, Dave, was Mackie bought out Ampeg, and then transferred all their manufacturing to China. So every right. Ampeg instrument or every Ampeg um, amp or whatever made after that was like, yeah, it's a cut. You know what I mean? Because obviously uh, they, they cut down on certain things. You know what I mean? Yep. So right. um, it's kind of like when CBS bought Fender, right, Dave? You know what I mean? Yeah. Same shit, right? So um, hopefully Ampeg makes a comeback because, I mean, those A10s are fucking goddamn. Those are the most classic yeah. bass for cabinets. Yeah, like, you know I mean, that's so, like the Marshall stack, you know, for bass. Yeah, bass. exactly. You know what I mean? Mar Ampeg cabinet and Marshall I mean, Yamaha generally makes good shit. They don't, um, they're not scared of spending some money. 
No, I mean, like their, their pianos are top notch. I mean, they, they compete with, you know, the best ones out there. They're, they're real high. They're full concert pianos. And yeah, I mean, I've, I've always liked the bass, the basses. Like, I've always liked the tone on the BBs. Ever Let's since see what I've, you got back there. What you yeah, got, walk us through. Back there. Well, like, uh, so this one here is actually the oldest one that I got. And this is the one that I bought. <clears throat> I bought this one. With my uh, with my high school graduation money. Look at that! And it had sat on the wall at Klein Music in Sacramento for you know over a year. <clears throat> and every time I went in, I'd play it, and you know, and I'm like, man, and it, I just kept thinking about it. <clears throat> so uh, this is the first you know bass I actually went in and bought you know for myself. And what is it? What what is that thing? It's a Yamaha BB450. It's just one of the old. Uh, old bb series you know like okay. michael anthony, michael anthony era uh bb it's not active just passive pickups um, is he a big influence on you michael anthony or i like well yeah i mean yeah i love him i mean you know he was kind of a basic basic bitch you know player type guy you know what i mean but uh but he was real solid and i was just thought he was yeah, fucking dude. you know what i mean i like, thought he was i thought he's he's one of the underrated bass players dude these don't get yeah, man. Credit, man. yeah yeah I mean, like, he plays in a four-piece thing you know, because like good rock bass players back then, they didn't do too much, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Dude, look like at the, I don't even listen. I don't even like Zeppelin. But look at the bass player from Zeppelin, bro. Dude, yeah. he is alive. Look at those. Dude, he held it down, bro. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, if it wasn't look. for him, it would be a different live a band live completely. You yeah, know what totally. I mean? Yeah, totally. Right, yeah. Rancid too. Look at Rancid, bro. Let's take the bass out of that. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. that's a whole different song now. It's like completely. You yeah. know what I mean? Totally. And I mean, well, even like ACDC, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, like, like, like when you sit there and you listen to it, like he's not playing a lot, but like, I just, you know, played an ACDC song for, you know, one of these, uh, you know, internet covers and it's hard to play. You know what well, I mean? It's the backbone of the shit, bro. It's, it's, it's not the attention part of the song. You yeah, know what I mean? Like art, like it's not like, it's just don't, 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 don't. And it's, but it's tough. It's not easy to just, you know, just play good bass. You know what I mean? So, well, it's a, they have, you know, a tight ass rhythm section right there. You know what I mean? So, yeah. exactly. So, that's awesome. And so, you still play BBs today? I do. Yeah. The ones I play now are uh, this model here. And this was, this came out in the, the late, late 90s like just about just about 2000 it's a bbg5s and it's active and it was a, a five string and uh, i pulled the first one of these off the wall and it reminded me of that bass i was an esp in dorsey at the time <clears throat> and i just i bought it because i was like this is the bass that i've been you know looking for <laughs> yeah so i got it and then i kept sneaking this sneaking it on stage and playing it and then uh so after after a few years of bugging the guys at ampeg at, at the nam show <clears throat> they they finally like realized i wasn't you know just some guy looking for free shit you know what i yeah. mean like i kept coming and showing them pictures of me and you know it is that how that goes down so if you're looking for as as a potential endorsee, I mean, is that how that rolls? Like, if you really like somebody's instruments, you roll in and you're talking to their reps, being like, "Look, dude, I want to play your shit. I really, you know." That's yeah, awesome. 
I mean, at the time I was an ESP in Dorsey, so that gets their ear. Sure. Kind of, you know, you get that pre-selection, you know, at least they're like, well, if they're giving you shit, what the fuck, you know, and they'll listen and, you know, but like Yamaha's guys are pretty serious guys, especially back then. It was Patatucci and Billy Sheehan and, you know, Doug Wimbish and, you know, like, like these, you know, like badass guys, you know what I mean? Like these sick players and uh billy sheehan you know what i mean like, it's like come on you know so i was like in this metal band and they were like yeah we don't even know what that is you know <laughs> and uh and then what happened is uh mike, mike tempesta became my guy there johnny's johnny's brother yeah yeah my guy yep and then he was like this guy's legit and he moved me from the we don't really know who you are category to the I was on the picture in the magazine with all the other guys. You Dave, know. he was Dave. He was the guy I was trying to get you to get him into the show in L.A. Mike Tempesta. Uh, I, yeah, a great guitar player, man. Like that guy can play guitar. Dude. I saw him play with Anthony. Most AR guys can, right? Most AR guys are silent, like secret shredders. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah, like they all know the what they're what they're selling. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. All right, show us what else you got. Um, so these are the ones that like, these are my, my, these are my work bases. These are my tractors. Like I, <clears throat> I had one and the one, I don't know if you can see it, but the one that's all the way over to the side here, um, the one all the way on the side, the black one, that's the first one I bought. And that's the one I've recorded everything since Tempo of the Damned. Uh, nice. with. One. So do I, are you always, do you always do five <laughs> things and do you always do active pickups things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I got a, a bass with passives just because I thought it would be better to not having to switch the the battery all the time. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, and then I realized that for the type of music we play, the actives are are just better because uh, yeah. <laughs> the bite. yeah, and also it it um. Like with the passives, you know, they're more dynamic. And like, if you hit like a half note on a passive pickup, like the whole, the whole pick it up. I'm like, you hear that you only hit half the note with the <laughs> pickup. Even like a, a, a clinker is still a boom, you know? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. sure. So there's not like I was having these like, you know, volume reductions when I'd like not completely nail each note you know and and i could uh i could all of a sudden you know feel every little mistake with the passive pickup so um and you play with your fingers yeah yeah and so that was that, that, that makes it even more dynamic too you know what i sure. mean yep. um all of a sudden i was just realized i i i was like well shit i do need these actives so, so but you i mean so you started on four strings when did you get to five um when I went to, I went to, I went to MI to, to BIT back in the, back in the day. And then there I kind of decided that five string was probably a smarter instrument to have for what I wanted to do. Oh, um, so you went to, when did, what, when did you go to MI? It was nine Musicians Institute and. Uh, yeah. For people that know, sorry. Yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, the the Bass Institute of Technology. Yep. Uh, I went there. It was eighty nine ninety. 
Oh, wow. Uh, it was cool. right in the glory days. Like it was, you know, yeah. like Mr. Big actually got big that year. And Billy. <laughs> Dave, you were, Dave, you were a huge Mr. Big fan, right, Dave? You loved the Billy well, Sheehan shredding the solos and stuff. I, I didn't, Anything I didn't with really Billy like, Sheehan in it. I loved Billy Sheehan. I didn't really like Mr. Big. Like I liked Callis. You know what I mean? Like sure. Mr. Big, they were trying to like, there wasn't well, yeah, enough. Yeah, there was a different it, thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was very poppy. Blew all over it, you know. I was like, yeah, like I really like, like, uh, like eat him and smile. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. I like, that, I like that Billy, you know. Oh, uh, dude, uh, Jack, Jack will, Jack will be the baseline on my uh, shy boy. Ooh, shit. Yeah, yeah. I'll, a- I'll send that shit to you. Okay. <laughs> I, I spent like a week or more completely obsessing. Yeah, yeah I'll- learning how to play this song for all your Instagram followers. Yeah, I'll have to spend it at least that. Getting so that. let's see before we uh, move on. Let's let's see that, that that acrylic base you got back there. Yeah, I just had this one made um, because we were at we were at Nam this last year, actually here in in Nashville, and uh, and they had the Ampeg booth there with the Yamaha stuff, and uh, and I had brought up, you know, that now that they had that. Uh, that property that why don't why don't we make one of those the old dan armstrong bases remember the old the old clear ampeg base yep yep it was like the old that old vintage base and then i guess ampeg never actually owned the base like dan armstrong owned it and licensed it to them so they so they couldn't do that and then i was just like well let's make an acrylic bb and so uh so this is is him this is that's not Got the six bolts in it. They they do the new thing where they they kind of countersink these bottom ones, and it goes like this, and it pulls the neck in. Interesting. And, and pulls oh. the tighter to the to the body. And do they, they do that on all of them, or is that just on these giant heavy acrylics? No, they that that's the new on thing everything. Yeah, well, on all the oh, bases. Yeah. Sure. Interesting. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, I love this thing, man. It's heavy though. It's fifteen pounds. Jesus uh, Christ! So it, it's really <laughs> heavy, but it sounds really good. Um, I oh. took the I took the preamp out of one of the ones that I really liked of my my workhorses. Um, I had one that had kind of gone to shit, so we took the preamp and the pickups out of the old one and put them in in oh, here. Nice. So it's That's got it's, it's close to the it's close to my favorite ones. Sure, sure. A little bit cleaner, uh, like the wood breaks up a little more growly. Uh, are you not, during during an, an average Exodus show? Or do you, do you stick with one base the whole set, or do you do you change out a lot? Yeah, uh, usually I change just because I have a black one and a white one, and okay. you know, and uh, we just you know I just change to kind of make it look you know look good sort of. Um, you play that thing live? Well, I just took this to Europe. I, I got it at LA Nam, and then we left for Europe right after that, <clears throat> and I took it. And my plan was uh, <clears throat> to just play, uh, play like the first three songs with it, and then switch. And then I ended up like once I have it on my on my shoulder. Uh, there it is. Look at that. Look at look at that. I'm yeah. gonna rock with that thing. All right. Look at them. Look at them boots, man. Damn. Um, no shit. Look at that steel toes. Like like once it's on my shoulder, it disappeared. And so I just ended up saying, I'm just gonna, you know, I told my guitar tech, let's just make it easy and. I'll just keep this one on the whole show, and uh, nice. and I I can barely tell that it, I mean like it's a little bit heavier, but it's not like you know sure 
it's not unbearable. Or, wow. Yeah, yeah. Didn't BC make a uh, an acrylic body like uh, warlock or something back in the day? Yeah, probably. I mean, a lot of people did, you know. Um, a warlock's already so hella heavy as fuck, right? Like, imagine one in acrylic. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> it's out of control. <laughs> yeah, so, so I played this one. I, I love it. Like, I've been playing it on the little jam, the little COVID jam things and stuff, too. I, I, I love it. It's great. It's a great bass. You know? That's kick-ass. I was, I was kind of worried it wasn't going to sound good at all. Like, it's just going to look, look cool, but it's sure. actually that was really good, man. So I'm, uh, I'm I'm in love with it, you know. That's badass. Right. Show us some of the other little six strings and what, what like it looks like you got some interesting shit on the back left. Look at, look at you, Dave. You're like, I mean, we're we're in Jack Gibson's living room. <laughs> so do you have like a, like your jam room, then Jack, or something in your place? Yeah, yeah. It's just my studio here. I just hung everything. It was on the floor. It's like this a is, temper. Uh, this is another Yamaha. This is called the, the silent oh, guitar. Oh, look at that. Yeah, dude. That's Let's awesome. Let's get into that, man. What is that? Dude, like you plug this in. You can barely hear it, you know. Uh, like, oh, yeah, because there's but, no wood in it. There's no body, but right? But it's got, you know, it's kind of got like that, the, the Variax stuff on the inside. And dude, this thing sounds more like an acoustic guitar than really? an acoustic guitar. Like, uh -uh. It, yeah, I just, like these, these guys wow. uh, did a cover of Battery. And we did the whole beginning of battery, and dude, this guitar sounds like you can't like mic, that. you can't mic up a guitar to sound as good as this thing. And does. it's a nylon wow. string type sound. Yep, yeah. This one isn't this one isn't the classical neck. This is kind of like the Jerry Reed country neck, right? It's it's a little bit thinner. The classicals separated a little bit more. Yeah, but it and, still uh, looks like your string spacing would allow. I mean, it's a Finger it style. would, yeah, but there's they actually have a classical model. And is it, it a V shape classic. on the back of the fingerboard, or is it kind of the flat classical style? It's, oh, look know, at that, dude! Straight, straight yeah, show us the electronics. It's uh, like in there, oh, so you can, uh, you can add uh, you can add a, a verb and a chorus here. Now, and, how much you know, do you know? How much so, how much that runs on on the market right now, or something like that? Is that like something that's know. available? It's available, yeah. They have uprights. Uh, like, it started with the uprights. Oh, we saw an upright at the NAMM show that year together. Yeah, and then they have these, and they have them in steel, like steel string, a couple different necks, and then the nylon, a couple different necks, dude, too. It's, uh, dude, I got to get a hold of one of those. Do, things, those part, do the sides come off so you can travel with yeah. it really easy? Uh, the, the top one does. No shit. And then Look at that, that, Warren. Look. Look, Warren. And it goes into a case by itself like that. Oh, how durable is it? Like that almost could just go into like a backpack or something. I gotta it's, get one of those. It's got man. its own little case that you know it's like a half guitar case kind of that like you could a, fly a with. I mean, it would carry on oh, yeah. style. Yeah, it's just a little. It's like a little half soft bag. Dude, Dude Dave, we gotta get one of those. I gotta right? have one. I gotta have one immediately. Why isn't Yamaha already sponsoring this show? Yeah, I know they're, they're oh, it's, Yeah, I know. It's okay. Yeah, no, these, I, I love these things, man. My like, first classical guitar like, was a they, Yamaha. They they call it the silent guitar. You can put your headphones on, and you can just literally. Oh sit my there. god, dude! I, 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 yo, after the show, remind me we got. I'm buying one right now. Yeah, no, dude. they're. I, this is my favorite guitar right now. I'm straight honest. up hoping our producer is already on Amazon and seeing if they're available. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. 
can we can we like don't we know somebody that knows somebody at Yamaha that we can get a deal? I think we know yeah. a dude. Yeah, yeah. We, know. we we do. All right. Yeah. And then I got this guy is here. Oh, look at that shit! Thing. Yeah. This is my actual workhorse banjo that I play that I play the coffin hunter stuff with. Uh, hang on a second. I am going to pin your video and play me a little ditty. Yeah, <laughs> a little. I was say, yeah. Why don't you play plays a little diddly here, then, buddy? Let me get my fingers on here. Gotta, oh, I gotta, yeah. Got to get the picks right, or it, or it ain't gonna. Dave, have you ever tried new strings? I've tried playing a banjo, and it's not easy. Yes, yes, yes. That is fucking awesome. Badass, dude. I love, I love the band. Dude, man. 700 bucks that, that guitar on Sweetwater. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah dude. dude dog. Let me know, Dave. I got a hookup there. So. I got to have one. <laughs> <laughs> it's so worth it. I, I, I love that guitar. I love that thing. You no, that's kick ass. What about on the, uh, the little leaning rack over there on the left? Uh, that's most, you know what? I do have something that's really cool to show you over here, actually. Um, I'm such a dork. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> this is something actually that's pretty special, to be honest. Um, so this is a, this is an old, not actually that old, but uh, this is a P bass that Chi Cheng gave me from the, from uh. the uh, he married my sister. <clears throat> Yeah, and I know that. I know that story. So. This was the gift he gave me for being the guy that walked her down the aisle. Uh, to nice. Me. And uh, and I love it, man. It's like such a such a quality <clears throat> instrument. It's got the you know, silver inlay on the headstock, and that. it's just got everything cool, man. Chi Chang, he was a fucking beast. He was a beast, man. He was such a good guy. Yeah, I loved him, man. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And I, uh, I don't play this too often because it, 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 I don't, I don't rock it right. You know what I mean? Like it, I always end up, even like with country stuff, I'll, I'll be like, yeah, let's use the Fender, and I'll get in there, and, and then like I'll just grab the Yamaha, and I'm instantly where I want, where I want it to be. You know what I mean? Sound wise and stuff. So I always end up going back to old faithful over there, like no sure, matter. Sure, sure, sure. But I keep this guy around. This one's never, never going anywhere. So that's uh, cool, man. That's yeah, cool. And it's usually hang. It's usually up on the, up on the wall hanging. I had it over there. And it looks so. like you play through a Kemper there in the studio. Yeah, um, I don't do. I don't do much. I don't do bass through them. Um, but I do. I do guitar. Like a, they're such a good tool for, for you know doing this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Um, Did you get yours yet, Dave? Didn't you just get a Kemper? I just got you a Kemper, didn't I? Yeah. No, <laughs> actually, this one isn't mine. Um, this one Dave, belonged. Dave, Dave, Dave just bought one. Dave my buddy, just, my buddy got mine. Yeah, yeah. I I need one, and I've been meaning to get one, and I've just been I've just been being stupid about it. But uh, um, just take Gary Holtz. He ain't using his. Yeah, he's got, got two. It. So that's, that's what I'm saying, bro. He's so that one's uh, it, one of them, dude. that one's somebody else's. Is that the one with the power amp in it, or are you running a separate power amp? This one does have the power amp, but I got to tell you, we know 
we, you know, we've been using these things since they very, very, very first came out. And, uh, like that's where it all lies. The, like the rub is in the power section. Really? You know? Oh yeah, dude. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I'd heard that the, the lunchbox style, I'd heard that that one was like, if you're going to get it, just get the one with the power amp, huh? Well, yeah, just cause it's a, it's a save all, but you're still going to want to, you're still going to want to run a real, a real tube. It's like, you know, it's like fractals, right? Like, bro, they sound great. Yeah. But even like, bro, everyone's like Metallica want the fractals. Yeah. Ask them how many fractals they're using. They're right. not just using one. Right. One can't do what they want, right? Right. Well, you like, what I mean? basically what we found out is in, in the U.S., Gary had uh, the, you know, the Gold Marshall power amps. Big uh, JMP ones. No, the 9200. 90, uh, okay. And uh, the 9100's 50 watts aside, 9200's 100 watts aside. And then there's the EL100, which are EL... 34 is 100 aside. Yep, on each side, yeah. He 200 and that one, like, that's the one. Well, that was you Steph. Know? That was Steph from Deftones Tone forever, bro, that, yeah. that Marshall uh, power amp setup, right? You know what I mean? Without, whatever else he ran, it didn't really matter as long yeah. as he had that JMP one and that power amp, that big yes. one. With the, like, I forget what unit it was called, but. Yeah, the gold, the gold front one. Yeah, the yeah. gold frame one, too. Those yeah, were, that was his tone for years, bro. So, like, and, and like, it's that that's what makes all the difference is if you're because yeah. we still bring the campers but we'll backline uh jcm 900s and they'll oh, pull the power section out of those heads and then it dude then it sounds like a, a real amp at that point you know what i mean because then you're getting yeah. that pretty thing from the then it's just you're a getting, pre you're, you're actually getting the yeah. it's just a like good pre yeah yeah, like, preamp. Do you run the effects in that, or do you run effects out of a separate loop? Uh, Lee runs them inside, and Gary has some pedals that are outboard too, because Gary still likes to, you know. Hit, oh, I hit, know. I know hit. Gary likes pedals. <laughs> no, we're like, but Lee was like, you know, Lee's like, oh, I don't have to have pedals. Cool. Oh, you can oh, push yeah, on. Cool. Yeah, it's because because whatever. When I'm around, he's like, "Oh, I can have pedals. I want eight of them." You know what I mean? Yeah. Like eight, <laughs> eighteen. Like, like there's eight in the rack, and then a whole yeah. pedal board out in front with like a bunch of shit that he'll never use in his yeah. life out in, on a stage like that is crazy. That, that nah, dude. Most of you know what? I give it. Most of the stuff I put like when he asked for, I put it out there for him. He would use it at least. There was Maybe a reverb was, pedal. Was just there was a goddamn reverb pedal in that board. <laughs> <laughs> Reverb pedal? There was a reverb pedal in that board. He I didn't put that there. He so definitely never that used that. It was just there filling space, <laughs> making your life difficult. I was, I was, that wasn't there when I was there, so. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Yo, Jack, let's talk about that uh, that tour we did together, um, the zombie one, right, where we shared a fucking bus. Yeah. yeah that was yeah. fun, right? It was a good tour, man. Yeah, man. That was great. We, uh... When all through came, uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, all those Slayer tours were, you know, I, I wish they'd have been longer. Um, yeah, that was a good one, man. Uh, that one we were we were playing all the hockey arenas, remember? Yep. Um, up in the up in the up in Canada and stuff like yeah, that. Dude. Who was supporting? It was fun. it, oh, was, it was us and Zombie and Slayer were flip flop. Oh, cool. Yeah, we we headlined most of the shows, and then Zombie would headline the ones that were outdoors. 
so he could get the dark. So first, you know, because he's got like a you know crazy light show and all the stuff. And you know, if we were playing outdoors, he was going on before. It, it, it just it, dude, the light it would still light out. You know what I mean? So the outdoor shows we flop, we flip flop, right? So that's right. That right. was a fun. It was like only like twelve shows, right? You know yeah, I mean? it wasn't that much, but it, no. there were big venues. It was big, big places. And that yeah. was it, when Gary was playing double duty. Oh yeah. yeah. Damn. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, a savage brutal, night. Man. I mean, he, I mean, Gary's a fucking. Dude, imagine maniac. the nights that we that we it was Exodus Slayer. You literally yeah. like you know walked off stage and then half an hour you got to come back, change your shirt, come back. Oh yeah, yeah, right when zombie nights, was, two or three nights we did that. that was brutal. Like, holy <laughs> fuck! You gotta, you know? All right, see you guys later. He was gone. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Dry off. All right. See you later. Like, you know, at least he was warmed up already, right? So. And I guess you guys were. It was a shorter set, right? It was a shorter set on both sides at that point, or would Slayer still do an hour and a half? No, Slayer was doing a full. They were both doing full headlines. So he was still banging out a full two two hours and fifteen minutes. Yeah. He's doing like a slash yeah, I set. Had what, half, I think you guys had what half hour forty minutes set or something. Half or fifty minutes or something yeah. like that. Whatever it was, so. He's yeah. basically playing a slash set, except five times as many notes. That was kind of a tough uh, tour a bunch of nights, because I don't know if you remember, like, like they'd make us, like, just because of the way the scheduling was, we'd have to hit the stage, and there'd be, like, ten people in the fucking stadium. Like, like we basically played as people came in, you know. Yeah, it was, it was dude, that was, but you gotta remember, too, remember, we didn't even have a fucking production manager on that. We were yeah. sharing one with Rob Zombie. And yeah. it was like, bro, that guy didn't know what the fuck he was doing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what did you do before this? So I worked for Ariel Speedwagon. Yeah. And <laughs> it's like, bro, that's like a headlining band, bro. Like, they don't know. You know what I mean? Like, they don't know how to run flip-flop shit. Like, Ariel Speedwagon shows up and do whatever the fuck they want, bro. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, he don't know how to figure out, like, the fact that, like, yo, there's all kinds of politics. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. like that's, uh, uh, dude. That, that's yeah, that's what... Pat Penis it was a mess did, right? in that sense, you know what I mean? So that, that was Pat Penis's role. No, he was. This was before Pat Penis, bro. No, we no, it was, but it was that. That's the role that he filled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, pretty sure he, we got him a little bit after that. Yeah, I don't know, man. I got to think about that. Who's yeah, was, was was Anders on the cruise? Was that Armin alive? No, it was Anders, right? No, uh, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was you and Anders. Yeah, I think right. so. Yeah, so that was uh, fuck, man. It must have been right before we got um, Pat. Who's this? yeah? Because you know what? Yeah, it was because uh, Jim Jim Carosio was still tour managing. I was I re I was there when on Pat's first show. I, I was I was there for Pat's first day, so it might have been on that tour. No, Pat wasn't there. That was before Pat, because that was even before Mike worked for the band, and Mike came before Pat. So then it was uh. Then it must have been that. Uh, Is it Mike's fault? Other... Pat Penis was there. Oh, you're talking about the the suicidal run, Jack. Yeah, I wasn't on that. That was one of Pat's earlier uh, tours. I was there on Pat's very first day. I remember him showing up, and, and it's like, yeah, this is our new guy. And I'm like, hey, what's up? And he, where, where did you come from? And he was like, no, Pat, Pat's first day, Pat's first day was actually in Europe with us. That was so maybe was his first, yeah, U.S. He was, Pat Penis was with us uh, first day in Europe. Uh, okay. <laughs> Pat Penis. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, <so. laughs> 
Hey, you started it. If you came up with that, I'm just going with it because it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> I'm just following. It was just an evolution of what I, you know, was taught on the road. There was a Bubble bunch of people. Going. There was a bunch of people. You guys would tell me their names. Like I would only know their nickname. Who was the German guy? All oh, I yeah, knew, German. <laughs> all I knew, no, like the Frau whatever. All I knew of as Frau whatever. Frau Mueller. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Frau Mueller. But yo, all right. So oh, hold on, Jack. Why don't we talk real quick about on that when we uh, when Gary first started playing with Slayer, uh, we did a couple of shows together when Arma was still alive, remember? And you guys couldn't believe it because we were hazing Gary at one point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> these guys were like holy shit <laughs> you can't do that to him on exodus you know what i mean like <laughs> no, Dave, you I guys were Gary mean Paul, as fuck bro. to him weren't you like i mean you guys hazed were, him like you hazed me yeah bro pretty much i mean we waited we waited till it was cool like we got to know him and i was like all right cool time to haze him you know <laughs> no matter if he's in the band or not fuck it i think he just pretended like it didn't happen Oh, dude, you know all the shit. I asked, oh, bro, he, he turned around and started fucking swinging on Armin. It was fun. We were brutal, man. Me and Armin, holy fuck, dude. <laughs> you guys did that to everybody, though. You did it to every crew member and everything. I remember that one guy that was the. There was that one guy you guys did not like, and you just you just kind of punked yeah. him till till he was gone. Who was it? Who was it? I think he was running monitors for a while. And uh, uh, I think I've heard about that dude. Oh, that was Mike Delia, bro. Yeah, he was an asshole, dude. He was a fucking jerk off, man. That yeah, guy. We didn't like that dude at all. <laughs> man, I, like I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have wanted to be a guy that you guys didn't like. Yeah, like, no. I mean, you even liked me, and I had something that you desperately wanted and needed. If you didn't have more, and you were still holy, <laughs> hold on a second. Every you desperately single, wanted and needed more. every single moment First of, of all, every single day. I and never then, asked you for nothing in the beginning. You offered all the shit. Oh yeah, me. yeah. I was buying my way out. Like, what are you kidding? Of course. <laughs> the fuck. I'm not stupid. <laughs> then it all changed. Then it all changed. Well, then we became friends for real, right? So. Well, and then I took a job out there, and you made it horrible, just horrible. I learned more from watching Anders over a period of a short amount of time, and Anders is like the least sociable person ever, right? And still Ooh, learn bro. more. You know and what? like, Listen. I mean, all I I just wanted to roll up into a ball and cry, like fucking no, Royce yelling at me. Roy, Royce didn't yell at me for maybe five minutes of that entire trip. Jack, so the 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 uh, the bus driver had to change out Dave's pillowcase every two days, right? Because he would weep into it every night. So pillowcase had to get changed every two nights. <laughs> Ain't that the truth, Dave? You cry every night, and I just look at him and be like, "You said yes. Put me in, Coach. I want to do it. Me, totally. me, me. I, I, I." It was super totally. fun. I do it again. I crushed that job. I fucking murdered it. Uh, let's get back to to. Uh, the COVID tour, right? So, or whatever, the Bay, the Bay Strikes Back tour, right? Strike. So, yeah. Um, how were the shows? The shows were great. Everyone said that those shows were almost sold out, right? Or mostly. It was so, great. I mean, we, we, like, you know, we mentioned it to Will, we mentioned to Chuck, obviously, like, dude, that tour needs to, like, hit the States, right? Like, come on, man. That's kind of, that's a great bill, right? Canceled. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like you're doing some uh, you're doing some COVID shit though. Like while everybody's been on quarantine, you've been doing some online jams. You said you did it. Yeah. Thing. yeah like what else course, you've been working on? 
I've been working on a recording uh, for these uh, this these uh, these guys here in town. They're called Denman. It's a uh, young thrash band here. They're oh, cool. just Nashville level players. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, it's pretty cool. It's like uh, you know, like the young guys, like they they kind of get their uh, their timelines a little mixed up, and they're they're you know, you know, like they'll be wearing like the Motley Crue shirt with the you know, with the wrong shoes and the ice. <laughs> like, no, 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 we didn't wear all that shit. Together. You know what I mean? Like, those are like 10 or 15 years apart. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but their their music's kind of like that. Like, it's just like everything we ever listened to put together. So That's it's cool. like, kind of, uh, like they're super old school kids. And so it's kind of like uh, Ride the Lightning meets Too Fast for Love, maybe, wow. you know? Like it's got a little bit like rock in there too. Um, That's what we need. Like, where's the next Guns N' Roses, bro? And so are you? Are you producing them? You're just recording those guys. Like, what's the what's the story with your involvement? Yeah, I need to produce it so much. I mean, engineering it, but I mean, they knew where every note was was going already. You know what I mean? Like they they had it together. Can you record in your place, or you go you go to a a, a, well? Like I can't really do drums here, so we went over to we actually went over to Mark Lewis's place, and uh, I just paid him for a couple of days, you know, to set up and track drums in his in his place. And uh, that's right. And then, and then we just come back here and plug into the, you know, Kempers and and go from there. You know? Are you managing these guys or anything? I mean, what they are they out touring and stuff after you get this done, or are they like up and coming? they don't have a record deal or you know what i mean like they're just trying to make it trying to make it work you know what i mean like they're just out there trying to trying to play and make it make it happen you know you uh forwarded me some country guy too like a flat picker that you were doing yeah uh, yeah this guy uh jt oglesby um you should check him out he's he's amazing he's he's like a real he he comes from the real line of uh those real Kentucky thumb pickers. Like he's in that family. He's related to Doug Pennington and, uh, and, and those guys. Like, I think he's, he might be related to the, to the Travis's or he just knows them, but they all know each other up there. And he's a, he's been the world champion at least twice, I think, uh, doing that stuff. And he's, he's the realest dealer that I've, I've met out here this side of this side of the Mississippi. And you're recording he's, him, or what's what are yeah, you doing? Yeah, him, and like he's all like, like he's 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 fucking crazy, you know. For one thing, like he's just he's a madman, and uh, you know, <laughs> just getting him into a studio and focused long enough, you know, to record is something I don't know if anybody's ever done yet, um, <laughs> you know, to him. So, wow. but. Uh, but you know he's he when he gets here he he sits down and works and so we're gonna get like a, a real album of some real Kentucky thumb picking, um, and like he does it like the like like the real traditional guys aren't um, like they're not very aggressive anymore they're very uh, almost jazzy like they're they're perfect you know what I mean. Um, you know, like it's, it's, doom, 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 doom. you know, it's, it's very like glassy and stuff like that. And JT, he's dirty, man. You know what I mean? 
Like it's like down, 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 down. Yeah, it's it's cool. You know what I mean? He's he's the real deal, man. That's you know? awesome. Like he ain't afraid of the guitar. You know. And what I mean? got you involved with him? Uh, just doing the coffin hunter thing. Like I've been, you know, kind of involved in the uh, <clears throat> that that scene of uh, it's kind of punk country, kind of crusty punks. Uh, <laughs> you know, crossover. It's that Hank three. Yeah, world. yeah, yeah, that whole world. Yeah, yeah, sure. The, the patch vest, uh, train hopping kids, you know. Uh, so that's got to be a benefit of being down there in Nashville, too, then. Yeah, Just yeah. Getting, having access to all that and getting to work on kick ass projects like that. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's yeah. sweet. Yeah. Do you got yeah. anything else that's going to go public here shortly as far as things people can consume? <clears throat> no, not really. I mean, we're we're just starting to talk about the pre-production for the Exodus, for the new Exodus stuff. Uh, it doesn't look like we're going to be recording it until September, maybe. Okay. Um, and cool. then, uh, I mean, you Gary's, know. Gary's been writing, dude. Yeah. You, yeah. Who the fuck knows when it's going to come out? Like, everybody's records are on hold. And, sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? So I, there may be such a backlog of stuff you know by then like who who even knows but you so know, if you guys are going into the studio in september then songs are already written gary's putting them together right now yeah like he gary always does that he 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 whips together right before it's time to to do business man and do you learn them ahead of time or do you learn them with, like as you guys go in the studio you already have some tracks laid down that you've started working on or not i used to i used to like want to be there all the time and then I kind of realized that not only was I wasting a bunch of my energy, but I was wasting a bunch of Gary and Tom's energy by stopping and trying to get that. You know what I mean? When it's just Gary and Tom, it's just an efficient thing. It's like, try this, do that. Try that. Oh, hey, I got an idea. Do this. And <clears throat> so I kind of realized, I think either on the last record or the record before to just like leave them alone. And then, and then when it's done, you know, then I learn it. Gotcha. But like the last, actually too, the last couple albums, <clears throat> instead of just sitting and spending all these hours learning it, I'd just take one of my basses and put it in Gary's hand and go play the song for me and just film him and he'll, he'll play it. And like, that's 90% how he's going to want me to do it anyway. Gotcha. Like I was going to ask that. So, I mean, like how much, if I do that, then we don't get in the studio and he wants to change what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Whereas like a lot of time I'd take all this time and learn something and then he'd be like, no, like, you know, just, you know, play it lower on the E or whatever. You know what I mean? And I'm all, what? I just spent an hour, you know what I mean? So now I just, I let him kind of show me what he thinks the baseline is. And that's, that's mostly what I do. I'll add like some little, you know, jack well, yeah, just because, and, and I haven't heard Gary's bass lines, right? But guitar players tend to play the bass like they play the guitar, and bass players, you know, generally have some extra spice that you guys have holding down. Yeah, but but he has the, like he has, uh, you know, Gary's a mastermind. You know what I mean? And like he has a, an idea of the theme of everything. You know what I'm saying? And so like a lot of the time I'll be trying to match him on something and he's already got it that the E just rings out over this or that. And 
<clears throat> you know, and like, he's always right. I mean, like, you know, like, like in, in, in hindsight, you know, hindsight, looking back on it, he changed, you know, what I thought was right. And he's, he's always right. It's his, because it's his song. He's got like an intimate, like feeling of it already. You, you know sure, what I mean? Sure. So, uh, so I just let him show me what he thinks the baseline is. And then I'm 90% there, you know what I mean? And it saves, <laughs> saves hours time you know what i mean and, well, so that's cool then you're probably looking at 2021 for a release which would yeah. just be in time to do your you know bay area strikes back in the u.s yeah yeah like we had it scheduled for september and then that got canceled and it got moved to march and then that got canceled and it it's may maybe in the u.s gotcha like, but it's like, seems like nobody knows. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? it just depends on everyone's like, you know, well, what do you think? It's like, dude, well, it's not up to us. It's up to however, you know, yeah. they decide to open stuff back up and, you know. And the yeah. booking agents don't know. Like our, yeah, you know, they're exactly. the ones that, they're the ones that need to know. Yeah. And as long as they don't know, nobody knows. You know what I mean? Right now, dude, with all what's going on in the country right now, no one's thinking about concerts, man. No, no. I mean, unfortunately. So. We're the last. We were already, we were already phase 10. Yeah. Hopefully it all fucking patches itself up and by next year, you know, everybody can be out having a good time again, you know, so. Yeah, back on tour. I mean, do you, do you miss it? You miss it. Yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Without a doubt, you know. Well, so. dude, I'm super stoked you came on. Yeah. I appreciate you taking a couple yeah, hours yeah. and fucking around with us. Yeah. All right, let's let Jack go. Yeah. All right, Jack. Dude, thanks a lot. Um, we'll we'll be in touch, bro. You know. Yeah. Let me All talk right. To you thanks, soon, dude. Brother. Later. See you later. Dave, good one, huh? Yeah, man. That was, that I mean, was... dude, he gave us some like, like deep information about the whole country world down there, right? That whole scene, because that's a whole different world down there, bro. You know what I mean? Like he said, it's almost like, dude, they're doing more dude. stuff than like L.A. and New York, almost. You know what I mean? So just the way that the scene works, I think, right? Like any, any sure. place that you have that kind of concentration of people that are that into it and that are playing and like trying to make it, right? Like, I mean, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it sounds super interesting, especially from his perspective, right? Because he's not out there trying to hustle as a country guy. He's out no. there as, you know, a yeah, metal yeah. dude that this yeah, is like exactly. just a kind of a cool place to be. And Soaking do stuff in and, the information and stuff, absolutely. Yeah, and getting so. exposed to like other artists that like, I mean, it oh, sounds like shit, the uh, flat picker guy crushes and he's getting yeah. to record him and be involved in the project. I mean, it'll. I mean, he, he could never do all that stuff up in, you know. Sacramento? In Bay, right? so what the fuck happens like in said. Sacramento? Like yeah. nothing. Uh, Chris Adler was fucking hilarious on that tour when he shot you the message. He's like, yo, you look like a gay ninja. <laughs> you, had that that? Up, yeah. you had that shit up on the top of your head. the first day of tour. Like that. It. it was fucking hilarious. You like that. Uh, uh, all right, man. Cool. I'm going to fucking cut this. Well, hold on. Why don't we uh... thank our sponsors? Yeah, sure. Why not? We could. Yeah, Omerta Clothing. Pitchfork. Elite Cannabis, Elite Botanicals. Yeah, Whole Pet CBD. Uh, we'll put all that, their links and shit up at the end of the show. Uh, eventually, we'll get logos and stuff up too. But, you know, Chiba Chews even. We'll push yeah, Chiba Chews. Chiba Chews, they're going to soon be a sponsor. But they sponsored a lot of our tour antics and 
So we're creature skateboards. Maybe they'll, they'll hook us up too. No. Maybe. Yeah. See, we're giving them free promo now. Like what motivation do they have? None, but they made our lives better. That's why we're promoting. <laughs> I'll hire you right now, man. High as balls, dude. I was pretty long as that whole time.